breaking news is coming out of Arizona and Georgia pertaining to what's happening with those audits. And uh, we can't talk about it here on YouTube. And that's just reality. So I absolutely would love to. But the moment I actually report the news of what's like there, I watched a video of some testimony and uh, it's it's testimony. But of course, YouTube would delete the show instantly. So here's what I can say. We will talk about that over at TimCast.com in the members podcast. And uh, we'll probably have some articles up about it uh, tomorrow. The site isn't even fully launched yet. Our, our soft target is Monday. So hopefully by then we can actually start producing things on the site that we can't produce on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or otherwise. That's kind of why we made the website. They said, hey, go build your own. I said, okay, I will. But there's other news, I guess. You know, pertaining to what's happening with these states and how people feel about it, you've got Joe Biden's constant talk about civil war ad nauseum. Recently, he he effectively said that the GOP is the biggest threat to democracy since the Civil War. Now, he was specifically referring to these voting uh, rights bills that the Republicans are trying to pass. And of course, the Democrats call them voter suppression bills. The reason why he sa- I say he effectively said Republicans are the biggest threat is because you can't separate the GOP from the bills they're trying to pass. If the fight is now between Democrats and Republicans over how the elections should be held and neither agrees and one side says your plan for the election is wrong, when Joe Biden says it's a threat to our country or democracy or things like that, he's not talking about you or me or anybody in this room. He's talking about his group of voters against the other group of voters. And that's where things get really bad, I guess, because we have a new poll. Maybe it's bunk. Polls aren't always that good. I mean, I'm not a big fan of how these polls work, but it shows that essentially 35%, just over 35% of this country wants their region to break away from the U.S., effectively balkanizing the country into five different regions. Now, the numbers vary in in the West, California, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska. It's 39% that want to break away. In the South, it's 44%. In, I think, the, the heartland, they call it, it's 30%. But when you add them all up, that's a large portion of people who want this country to break apart. And uh, what I guess I guess what people what do people call it? Peaceful divorce mm-hmm. has been the, has been the conversation. So you know, upon seeing data like this, I'm not entirely convinced the culture war will end with one dominant faction. It may very well end with five smaller regional unions, and we'll see how that ends up playing out, if at all. Otherwise, I think there will be some very serious conflict if Joe Biden is saying things. That basically says the Republican, the GOP is a threat to us and he's willing to use the FBI to go against Trump's base. You see where this is going. You know, it's going to be get me in power and I will use that power to crush half the country. We can't have that. That's getting crazy. So we're going to get into that and a bunch of other stories. Joining us today is the actual justice warrior because social justice warrior is no good. Is that is that how it works? Yeah. Do you want to? Well, my background's in criminal justice, and I think there's one true justice, and that's individual justice. All the other qualifiers are not justice, so actual justice warrior was So what do you do? So I make YouTube videos on the internet.com, actual justice warrior's (laughs) the channel, and I do a lot of criminal justice-related stories. I do a lot of responses to the Young Turks, everybody's favorite (laughs) progressives, and um, and I I like economics, so I'll do some economics videos here and there. We also have news about the consumer price index as well. So we should de- definitely talk about the food shortages, the price increase, inflation rates. What are they saying now? They're scared. Home buyers are not going to be able to buy homes because inflation is going up. Yeah, okay, that's the reason. I mean, sure, it's a reason, but we'll get into that. Yeah, the real reason is the BlackRock 
and That's stone right. and stone black stone are buying them <laughs> up so i got a couple of black rocks myself i'm slowly falling in love with obsidian you guys it's very cool rock. i can't dragon glass yeah, yeah i can't tell if it's soft or if that's my bones when <laughs> I, I press on it i think it's your bones <laughs> i feel like it's form fitting to my fingers when i press on it hmm. yeah it's not soft it's 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 just hard deep. feel it you know if you crack it it's like the sharpest blade Literally, it's really, it is it's really dangerous it, it, they say um uh what's the word what's the word but it, it basically atomic well, if you slice it like in really, really thin, it's the sharpest substance known to man. They used to use it for eye surgery up yep. until oh. the advent of lasers. Yep, very cool. There was a, I watched a video of a guy who tried to make an obsidian sword. Not easy oh, to do. He, yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't do it. It's brittle. That's why. Oh. So he tried to like put iron into it, and it doesn't work. Yeah, it was ceremonial mostly. Arrowheads right. and like ceremonial. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I actually have a deep dive on that whole block rock thing, and I I think you got it from the Wall Street Journal article, right? There's actually a couple different articles. It's Blackstone and BlackRock. There's two different companies doing two different things. But that's actually probably one of the most misreported stories ever. I did a 30-minute deep dive into it, and it turns out that what they ended up buying, and they may have not even bought it. They might have just facilitated the transaction, was a rental community, like something that was built up specifically to be a rental community. I think you're, you're, you're mixing up that there's two different companies. You, you know, there's there's one called Blackstone and one called BlackRock. Right. And they're both engaging in this. One of the companies bought a rental company, and one of them is buying up houses and then trying to put them under rental management. I I don't I don't think that's the case because I looked it up in the Wall Street Journal. I'm not the Wall Street Journal. I looked it up in single-family homes. It's something like only 1% of them are owned by investment firms. And they didn't buy a rental company. They bought, like, rental properties that were already rented. Who are, which, one are you, which company are you talking about? I believe about? this is the one that was in the Wall Street Journal, which was Black They're both Rock. in the Wall Street Journal. Well, This I, is what confused us, and people in the right. Super yeah, Chat were annoying. like, you're wrong, it's Black Rock, not Stone. And we pulled up both stories, and right. I'm like, so uh, uh, apparently they used to be one company. They split off a long time ago. They became two companies, and they're engaging in similar but different practices. Right. But yeah. wait, 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 I'll, I'll just say this. To the best of my understanding, and I could be wrong because we'll definitely have to fact check. But it was Blackstone was formed in 1985, then BlackRock, one of the founders, I believe, uh, cracked off in 1988 and started BlackRock. And I, I could be mistaken on which company and all that. Like, I didn't, I didn't have this like readily in front of me, but the single family home purchases, it's a small portion of the market and it's not a very profitable investment to buy it and turn it into rental property. Do you mean like a small portion of, of the market right now? Like, like right now. Like because, um, um, do you mean like of all of the houses that are are owned, one percent are owned by investment yeah, firms? Yeah, around one percent. That's massive, actually. It, it's it's not that unusual. It was more during the end of the financial crisis, and remember, they couldn't manage all these properties. So, if you remember, in like twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, they were selling homes for like thirty thousand dollars or destroying them because it's like if you buy up all these individual homes, then. You're not like there's no way you I can assess and maintain them. I don't think we can accurately litigate this right now um, because I'm wondering if is it one percent of all the purchases of the past year or is it one percent of the existing market? It's the Those current. Very- it's as of 2020. So like 2021, there could be a giant surge. It's just I don't like if if you lived in a neighborhood, right? And there's 20 houses in the neighborhood. The first 10 go to a company. Like, what are you going to do when they come to offer on your house? Like, you're going to jack up the price because you're going to think it, there must be oil or there's some reason that they're buying all this up. This is why when investment firms typically buy single family houses, they're already designed to be rentals. And I remember there's like a big misquote in that article where they say they paid um, 50% above asking price. Like some of the financial YouTubers, like the real nerds about this, <laughs> they reached out to the developer and he's like, no, 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 I got 50% gross profit. Because I built before the supply shortage, before the Fed cut interest rates, and and I sold after all that. 
So it wasn't actually like, oh. you know, 50% above asking price. Hmm. And I did a mathematical breakdown of that purchase and it takes something like 18 years for that to be profitable, assuming like no interest rates and blah, 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 all this other stuff. I think the biggest problem here is that there's two companies and it sounds like you're mixing them up. But it's, I still, I have my doubts of like big finances buying all this because being a landlord's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but you don't have to actually be a landlord. You just call a, a rental company and then they do everything for you and it's super easy. So there's, there's actually the Wall Street Journal talks about Blackstone and then every other outlet is talking about BlackRock right. because oh, okay. they're both doing similar things and they're very similar companies and people, Rock and stone, like, right. and don't forget, go to timcast.com. This is the, this is what the alpha looks like right now. Go to timcast.com, become a member. You'll get access to exclusive members only segments. We're going to have a members podcast coming up talking all about this election stuff, but that'll be over at timcast.com, probably up around 11 PM or so, because let me, I'll just live with you guys. We literally can't say the words. I can't show you the news article. Hmm. YouTube would delete the video. There's a video of a guy. He's talking, giving testimony. If I tell you what he says or even show what the guy testifies to, YouTube deletes the video. So how will I better serve you by just getting banned? I won't. But I can tell you, go to TimGuest.com, become a member. We got more shows coming. Super excited about the shows we have uh, outside of just the TimCast stuff. The website's going to be massive. You're going to get tons of bang for your buck. And I, I really appreciate everybody who is a member. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the video, really just share every video you watch from creators you support, be it Actual Justice Warrior or Steven Crowder or people like Stick Sex and Hammer. You can tell those are the, those are like the, the YouTubers like I like and, and probably watch because I'm always shouting them out. But uh, sharing is the most important thing. So let's jump into this first story. Before we do, uh, one thing that didn't happen is Lydia did not introduce herself. I did not. She is slaying it over Uh, there. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm here because the show is going on. And if I weren't pushing the buttons, there would be no camera switches. So that's that's me. I love you, Lydia. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate that. We can just do an audio version. Then we've got to worry about the camera. That's true. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Let's see Tim's face. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's, 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 Let's talk about this story. Check it out. So we got this uh, from TimCast.com. Shock poll. Two in three Southern Republicans want to secede from the United States. And this story is actually based off of a, a, a little quote tweet I had when I tweeted at Cenk uh, Uger. Cenk of the Young Turks says, according to a new YouGov poll, two-third of Southern Republicans want to secede from America. Where have I seen this movie before? But this time it's a confederacy of dunces led by King Dunce Trump. By the way, when you want to betray America, that makes you, by definition, un-American. Oh, man, Jake Uger, Jake, you got those Southern Republicans. They want to secede from the Union. How dumb are they? You know, anybody in any political faction that wants to secede must be really, really dumb. Oh, hey, let me pull up the poll that shows 47% of Democrats in the West, which includes California, Want to secede from the Union, too. Hey, where have I heard this story before? It's like a confederacy of dunces led by who? You, Jenk? Listen, listen. Okay, two-thirds is a lot. 47%, a little bit less than half. But come on. We're talking about, in the West, the largest faction of people that want to secede from the Union, according to the, 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 the poll that he cited, are Democrats. Last I checked, Jenk Uger is a Democrat and is within that faction that has nearly 50% of their of, of their base wanting to secede from the union. So um what's the saying uh you know living in glass houses and, and throwing rocks oh, and people people in glass houses shouldn't throw hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, you got to love the young Turks though. But check this out. So here's here's the actual data. 
Well, it is true that the Southern Republicans, 66%, are in favor of seceding from the Union. Effectively, this is this effectively is a balkanization where you've got the Pacific region, the mountain region, the heartland region, the Northeast, and the South. You can see that in the mountain region, 43% of Republicans want to secede, 35% of independents. Now, here's the one that really made me laugh. In the heartland, which is basically the Midwest, 43% of independents, the plurality, want to secede from the Union. So there's something about being in the Midwest where they're like, we don't like Republicans or Democrats. And I can, I, uh, I, can uh, I get, I, I feel that. I think it might have something to do with the fact that Chicago, Minneapolis, very, very Democrat. So the people there are very unsatisfied with Democrats. Party politics is, is crap, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. People that tr- get all tribal and they're like, I'm good because I'm part of this group. Like, come on, man. Give me a message. Give so me something. That's actually part of the analysis. When they were going through the data, they said it may be not that they actually want to secede from the U.S. to form new regional unions. And again, this poll is literally asking people, would you want to balkanize the United States? It may be that they're trying to virtue signal. That's what one of the researchers said. Like, these people are asked and they're like, I'm a proud Democrat and I support the, you know, right. or I'm from the, the West or whatever. Let me tell you something. It's, uh, as to, there, there's, there's, there's two different versions of how many people wanted to declare independence in the American Revolution. For some reason, for a while, people thought it was one third in favor, one third opposed, and one third abstained. But that was based on a letter from John Adams where he was actually talking about the French Revolution. At least that's the modern historical interpretation. So the best data I could find is that it's between 40 and 45 percent of the colonists wanted to declare independence. Wow. 15 to 20 wanted were loyalists and the rest were like, I don't care. Leave me alone. Cool. I, we have talked about this in the past. So we'll consider that a correction because we had bad numbers last time. I said it was like 35. Yeah, I, I heard 10 percent. No, no. I've heard crazy numbers. People say only 3% actually fought. I see. Maybe that's what it was. But here's here's the other thing, too. So first, I'll point out, we're like, the, 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 the average right now is 35% of the country across all party lines and all places. 35% would be in favor of balkanizing. I mean, that's massive. And that's up, right? So in, in the South, the, the number, I think, in February was 50%. Now it's 66. So we are moving very, very quickly. If we get to 40 or 45 of the percent of the American people being like, we're done with this. My problem is it's a, this poll. Like we were talking about this before the show a little bit. How many people were polled? Was it like a thousand people and so 300 was, of them said? I think it was 2,700 something. So you've got like 600 people that said we want to secede and they're like 30% of the country. And it's like, no, there was 600 people. I, but 2,000 is enough to get a representative sample. 2,750. Yeah. Well, that's more than enough. You can get a representative sample with a thousand. I think what it is, is it, what you said about virtue signaling or people who are partisan. Like if you didn't like Biden, you're like, I want to leave the country. But does that mean you actually want to secede or does that mean you actually want local autonomy? Because those are two different things. And for the Midwest point, the reason why they're always torn or swing voters is they're the Reagan Democrats. They're the people who align with union politics, who are against free trade. But on social issues, they align more with the Republican Party. This is why, you know, Reagan won, you know, I think in the second election, every state but Minnesota. And you could correct me if I'm wrong. And eventually, like... Those became the swing states because Reagan was converting those voters who didn't like the excesses from the Democratic Party and the social movement, but were like mostly like working class union voters. And that's who we're fighting over now. It's the same set of voters that Reagan flipped then. So like they're the, that's why I think the independents are like, I want to get out of here because neither party is really serving them in their opinion. You are correct. It was Minnesota, um, D.C. as well. But obviously it's not a state. So yeah. but it was it was just Minnesota. Yeah. Um 
I, I, I think people are serious about balkanization. We saw there was that uh, war game that the, D- the DNC did. Mm-hmm. It was heavily reported on before the election where uh, Boston Globe point, uh, reported John Podesta. What, 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 what's his position? He was like the chair of the DNC or some high-ranking position. He was uh, Hillary's campaign manager, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he said if Trump wins, the, we- the western states should secede from the union. Cal exit, if you remember that. Yeah. It, but not just California. Yeah. Also, Oregon and Washington. And so when you see that 47 percent of Democrats there – According to a representative sample, which, as you said, is more than enough, uh, 2,750, that's a lot of people. That sounds like virtue signaling that Podesta would say that people should should secede because anyone that's— private. He didn't publicly say it. Oh, okay. It was in a private DNC war game that some people who are witness to it talked to some journalists. So Podesta didn't come out and say, hey, guys, go do this. Privately, he was like, I think this is what needs to happen. And then someone went to the journalists and were like, yo, this is what he's saying. Not that I can trust any of these journalists, mind you. Right. For all I know, John Podesta didn't say anything. Yeah. But, like, what do you do when they lie? I've had, I've had journalists manufacture quotes from me. Hmm. Yeah. One guy from, I think it's The New Yorker, where he took two different quotes and put them together to make oh, a different yeah. sentence. Yeah. Amazing. That. Or, like, half a quote. Usually, if you widen and out 10 words in either direction or 30 seconds in a clip— and it changes completely what they say, then maybe maybe shouldn't be running with that in well, the media. There's a clever way to get around giving quotes to journalists when you know they're going to try and pull some BS. And it's to add, like, breaks that are seemingly non sequitur in your sentence. So, like, if someone were to say, what's your favorite color? I would say my, Tim Pool favorite color, because I grew up in the south side of Chicago, is actually, and this is because of my birthday, green. And then what they'll have to do is they'll put my dot, 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 favorite color, dot, dot, dot. And it, it makes it impossible. So if you're if you're trying to make sure they can't pull things out of context, you can add things to it that forces them to put in by doing that. Otherwise, they can try and break the sentence up and it looks really weird in print right. when what they usually do then is just do a paraphrase where they'll be like, he expressed to me his co- favorite color was green or something. Or, I mean, if you said it in audio, they might put your face, if there's video, over the audio and just cut it together the, the way that they want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't talk I don't talk on the phone, you know. There's phones for certain things. But anyway, back to uh, the balkanization. The, 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 By the, the way, Jank, not going to lead anything. 5% in his congressional <laughs> run. Let us never forget. He was going to show us oh, how progressives could win in purple That's districts, right. by the way. Love but I, I just I just love how this shows that Jenk didn't actually go to the website. Like, I, I pulled up the article from Brightline Watch to read the data. So I could do a segment about this. And I, I did it earlier on my, my on my Timcast channel because I'm like, what does it mean that Republicans want to secede? The South wants to secede. And I pull them like, oh, it's actually missing the bigger picture, I guess. If you actually add all these up and average it out, it's a decent amount of people. So 35% might actually be relative. It might be incorrect because I'm, I'm adding up the totals and then dividing it by the regions. Right. And it doesn't necessarily represent how many people in each region actually want to secede. So the heartland... I mean, I think we need to go by population density. So I'm sure the heartland doesn't have as many people as the South. The South probably has substantially more people between yeah. Florida, Texas, Atlanta. And then you look at the Pacific, which is Alaska, California, Oregon, and Washington, probably a lot less people. So the percentages probably don't add up properly the way I'm describing it. In fact, it could be substantially more if we actually go by population density and did better math. Right. I, I would tend to think that it would be less. Uh, at least the serious ones are definitely less. I would like to see 
um, like you, you ever seen like Sam Harris break down the spheres of influence of radicalization, like that version of this, where it's like these people want to leave, but do they really just want local autonomy? But what, then, is, what is what's the difference? I don't understand what you mean. Well, it's like uh, the states' rights movements under under Obama. Like they, they would say that Texas just secede and break, you know be its own state or break up into five states, as it says in their constitution. But in reality, they just wanted like the governor to invoke more Tenth Amendment stuff against Obama and challenge what he was doing. Which is similar to what happened in well, California. So how do you know that's actually what they wanted, though? Well, because I don't think when push comes to shove, these people would actually vote in, like, a secessionist party in their state. I think they would. I think I think you often see that regular people vote for the extreme version of, of, of these things because of, like, especially right now as, as the rhetoric is ramping up. I mean, do they, though? Because they voted in Biden in the primary, and, like, he was distinctly not extreme, like, in the primary, at least, compared to who he's talking to, yeah. Bernie, who— But what, what, what did the people say they wanted? Well, in polls, they would say that, like, in the top-line polls, this is why I don't trust polling, they would say that they would want Bernie Sanders' positions in the top-line polls. But when you go into the details, you realize that they think Medicare for all— is Obamacare with the public option, which is actually Biden's position. Right. Which is why when the progressives were like, we won on every issue. Well, but... so they voted for what they wanted. Yeah. Right. So if an individual says they want to secede, they'd probably vote for it. No, no, but that's the top line. Like that, that would be your, I want Medicare for all. But then when you ask them, what, what do you think this actually means? Oh, okay. Like, and you break it down, like you're going to get a wait, you're going to get people who just want states' rights or autonomy or maybe like an American federation where they break up. I, some people want that, but not right. A lot. They don't know what they're what they want. If they really like, a, what is a secession? A, you attempt by military force to like the American federal government will come to fight you and kill people and burn cities to stop that state from seceding. I don't think they want that. It's it's like if you ever got into a fight with a girlfriend and she's like, "I want to break up with you," and then you're like, "Okay, okay, let's talk about this." And then you talk about it and you realize she just wants you to stop being a jerk. Like, you know, it, it comes Man, down that's, from that, that's, that's that top line game. aggressive thing. It well, is. It is. Games. Because if they start saying that, then you're like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start taking you at your word. You got to take them at their word. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Have, I don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't play games like that. If someone came up to me and they were like, you know, if, if someone came up to me and said, I'm going to quit because I'm unhappy. It's great working with you. Well, what would secession look like then if we could def- lay it out for people clearly? Like, well, what, so, so, uh, I think. War. You know, yeah, would, c- I, Civil War won't work in this regard. We're talking about five-region balkanization, right. right? So I will say, first and foremost, Joe Biden keeps talking about this being the greatest threat since the Civil War and blah, blah, blah. He's using the power of the federal government to go after Trump supporters and people they deem to be extreme. They're uh, potentially, uh, I, I guess it's now public, they're compiling lists of these people. You know, they're going to be tracking it. Jack Posobiec reported it. Now there's some statements about it. So what would it look like? Well, there's there's... There is a lot of power in the federal government, but that power is derived from the states. And I don't mean that figuratively, like the states chose to create the federal government. No, like the people who are in the federal government are sent there, are voted in. The, 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 the Capitol Police, the National Guard, the, the power the federal government has all across the country from people who serve in the military and the armed forces come from states. So what would happen if somebody lives in, say, you know, Oregon, and they're as far left as they come? And they work in some kind of law enforcement capacity. And then someone in the federal government says something. We want to do X. We, we need your assistance. But if the, if the country is balkanizing, they might say, no, I care. I care more about my state than I care about going to DC to, to, to do whatever you want. Or if balkanization is happening and then someone in Oregon is told, like, we're going to be deploying you to Texas, they're going to be like, I got to stay and defend Oregon. 
Yeah. So it, it's it's that is, is a question of if we balkanize. But here's what I think is possible. If this sentiment is this widespread, 47% in the West, makes sense to me, 33% of independents, and 66% of Republicans and 50% of independents in the South, that's crazy. And these are very heavily Republic, uh, uh, Republican states. What I think actually could happen is loss of confidence, in which case... This is what I talked about several times as to how I think a civil war could actually happen. Not that a bunch of states get together and say, we hereby declare, good sir, and they start caning someone in Congress. But actually what happens is a small town in Oklahoma puts up a roadblock and says, not welcome, and then starts saying, we're not going to abide by these lockdowns or whatever Joe Biden is saying. And then the feds have to come in and the people in Oklahoma say, we are not letting you in our town. You have no, you have, you, you have no purchase here, good sir. Look, look, look at what, ha- what happens in like Ohio where they, I think they arrested an ATF agent. Right. Those are exactly the kinds of things that start happening. Now you have second amendment sanctuaries popping up. And I think two thirds of the counties of the United States, that is a, is a break of confidence at a, gr- at a growing scale. So Biden's freaking out. It's the greatest threat what the Republicans are doing. Ah. Because he probably sees the federal government's power is actually starting to dwindle. Ohio recently, some sheriff said, we're no longer going to be taking illegal immigrants from ICE. Why? Because they send them here. They tell us to hold them and let them go into our towns. No dice. Not going to happen. Right. The plans that they had, not working. So check this out. I'll tell you why I think Joe Biden's panicking. And I'll tell you why I think we are inching closer to, towards this. The Democratic base in this country is is absolutely insane. Not like the Republicans are, are uh, as, as a party, are, are doing much better. But the Democrats are split dramatically from like moderate default Democrats who don't really pay attention to the fringe far left. The far left control more of the manifesto for the Democrats than the moderates do who don't really pay attention. You can see this in the Pew research where the spike is actually further left. What, What does that mean? They tell Joe Biden, we want open borders. We want total amnesty. But Joe Biden can't win on those positions. So what happens? In office, he says something like, Okay, we're gonna stop Trump's evil remain in Mexico policy. So now all the migrants come in, it's catch and release. They get caught, they get released in the community. Now you have children sleeping under bridges in the dirt in McAllen, Texas, because Joe Biden needs to take actions the far left wants, but then can't actually deal with the influx of migrants and migrant children because the policy is insane and makes no sense. So what does he do? The Biden administration has been smuggling, has been trafficking children into other Republican states under the noses of the leadership of those states. And the t- uh, Tennessee Republicans freaked out when the whistleblower came out with this video footage showing that they were using, I, I guess now there's a whistleblower talking to Tucker Carlson saying they're using air, the Texas Air Force bases to take migrant kids and traffic them to other states because Biden can't come out and say, we're turning the children away into the desert because that, that was Trump's policy. Oh no, he can't come out and say, we're going to put these kids in the concentration camps the Democrats were complaining about for five years, although they're doing that either uh, anyway. So he's got to shuffle it under the rug. But eventually the Republicans in these red states find out about it. The, the sheriff in Ohio finds out what they're doing. And these states are now outraged. The federal government is not actually doing anything to serve the people, but is actively in a panic to shuffle the problem under the rug while actively refusing to solve the problem. In fact, making the problem worse. You imagine Biden keeps doing things like that. And you're going to see states saying, we will not comply. Okay. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so that's like a good, that's a lead up to it. But okay, okay assuming that something happens and then a state does secede like let's just pick texas and i don't know would it be organized would it be six states at once would it be one state that goes first uh, that has a lot to do with if it would succeed or not because if, if 49 states seceded it would it would succeed if one state tried it would probably fail uh but what would it look like a you're, state you're, says you're, we hereby you're, declare you're thinking, we are our sovereign Ian, country you're too, you're too left brain on this one oh, it okay. doesn't need to be a bunch of guys in suits walking in and saying i hereby declare it could literally just be that a guy in Texas stops taking the phone calls of the federal government because he doesn't care anymore because the, 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 the influence of the federal government has been weakening. So a law enforcement officer looks at his phone and it says ice and he goes, oh, I don't even care. What were you saying, sir? And then over time, it just breaks apart. So Maybe, that'll like, take over a long period well, of time. Th- that would be something like the governor sending their own National Guard to the border in place of the federal government as an example. But like we've seen this before under the Obama administration. Sheriffs were refusing this. And I think the one thing that would actually lead to a potential civil war is something like hyperinflation or extended inflation. Because once the money starts becoming less valuable, that's when you get people in the streets and everybody starts panicking. But to your point about the uh, immigration thing, this is one of the biggest mistakes the Trump administration made throughout its entire time. The reason they were putting the kids in cages, quote unquote, was because they wanted to deter children from showing up to the border. And the Trump administration, as far as I know, never made the moral case for a harsh policy on the border. And we see what happens when you're soft on that. There's kids that are being dumped over here. Like, I was at CPAC. I met guys that went to the border, and they showed me photos of kids with disabilities that were just literally dumped over the fence by coyotes. Like, they can't walk, and they're being dropped off because Obama sent – I'm sorry, Biden, Fordian slip right there, (laughs) sent the signal to people – I mean, Obama did the same thing, if you remember the unaccompanied minors things uh, pre-Trump. But Biden sent the signal that if your kids come here, at least this is how it was translated into Latin America, that if your kids come here, we'll take them. Which is worse than saying, if your families come here, we'll take them, because now we have all these kids going on this dangerous journey, 7,000 miles. If you've seen it, they come up on these trains, a bunch of them fall off. It's a disaster. You have to make the moral case for strict enforcement. And we're seeing this across the country in not just immigration policy, but in San Francisco, where they don't well, enforce shoplifting, everything breaks down. So what's happening now? Florida is sending troopers to Texas mm-hmm. to help secure their border, and South Dakota is sending, I think, National Guard. Yeah. Yeah. Because the federal government isn't doing it. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is running uh, to, to primary Greg Abbott because he says Abbott is waiting on permission from the federal government to defend its own border. And he makes a really good point. Abbott needs to take a stand. Oh, that was brutal. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, so, also, DeSantis is running for president. That's why he's sending the troopers. Like, let's, let's be honest. You think so? A hundred percent. Oh, okay. Against Trump, though? Uh, I saw the CPAC poll. They did one with Trump and one without Trump. Without Trump, 58%. Yep. So he's probably trying to say, hey, buddy, endorse me. And I think DeSantis would, 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 in a lot of ways, probably be better. Yeah. Way better. Because, and people are like, you know, uh, oh, they'll smear him. They'll attack him in the media. Yeah, but Trump really boils liberal blood. Yeah. You know, DeSantis, they're going to be like, I don't know who that is and I don't care. You're not going to be able to rally people the same way. Well, DeSantis isn't going to wake up, shoot himself in both feet and wonder why there's blood all over the floor every day. Like He's Trump, not going to be tweeting. Yeah. 
these disgusting horse faces yeah. yelling at me on the internet. <laughs> nah, he's he's you know he's a bit more tactful. But I will say we've we've definitely seen some of this under Obama. There was a period I I can't remember when this was. I think it might it may have been under Bush actually, where yeah actually I don't know maybe it was Obama. We saw a wave of states asserting sovereignty. They yeah. were like declaring that we are independent, sovereign, and, and 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 retain our rights and everything. And it was like all they all started doing it. Tenth Amendment movement, that's, right? That's yes. what that is. But I st- I think that just shows the escalation. Like if you, it, a lot of people say this all started with Trump, and then people, so actually it started with Obama. Actually, it started with Bush. Well, yeah, literally they're all connected. There's no like we're not in a vacuum. It wasn't like one day someone pressed like reset on the country and then we all woke up and said who should be the president. It's all connected going all the way back since even probably the colonial days. Yeah, I, I think it it tracks technology's change because no longer do we have to send a letter uh and send someone to go ride a horse to Washington DC to tell them what I told them to tell them. Like we have telephones <laughs> and computers and we can work these in a decentralized manner. The states can function in a more we can decentralize power way easier with modern technology. And I think the consciousness is now kind of showing that. But it's coming out as, you know, secession. When it's, this it's more of a decentralization. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's the absolutism of the Democratic Party and the inability of conservatives, or I should say of the Republicans and, and many conservatives, to assert themselves on things. So I'll, I'll explain what that means. The Democrats demand absolute law. So they say, we should ban these guns. And then you're like, dude, I live in West Virginia. We've got like coyotes and bears and stuff. Like, come on, you can't, you know, I mean, and also I hunt. I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm not not worried about this stuff. You live in a different place. It makes no sense. A lot of the things the Democrats advocate for because how it affects the other half of the country who don't live in cities. But they demand that absolute law. If it, If the city is negatively impacted, everyone in the country must be must be under the same law. Republicans don't come out and say we demand X. They say. No, wait, don't. Speed bumps for the Democrats. Yeah. Over a long enough period of time, the Democrats keep passing laws that are favorable for cities. Well, probably not even favorable for cities, but designed to be favorable. Or I'm sorry. They're designed to appear favorable to cities, although whether or not they actually work, I think most of the time they don't. And then rural people get negatively impacted by it. But but what percentage of the Democrats is it? Because I just had the New York City Democratic primary and they elected the cop who wants to bring back stop and frisk and the anti-crime unit, which is horribly named because the police are all anti-crime. It should be called the anti-shooting unit. <laughs> but they elected the tough-on-crime cop, and he won in the first round of voting. And when they did the ranked choice and they right. did that, he finally got over the top. Maya Wiley, the Bill de Blasio woman, who literally her campaign was like, I'm a black woman, vote for me, I'm progressive, never did anything in her life except serve as a counselor for Bill de Blasio. Like, she... She did worse when they ranked it up. Like, she was the second place, which is horrible, and I'm ashamed of my city, but it's the Democrats. What are you going to do? But Adams not only won, but he won uh, with minorities. Like, he got 45 to 75% of the vote in all of the majority uh, black or Hispanic areas. That's uh, how he won. But think about how amazing it is that he still is he, – he still wants to confiscate guns. He's still very much, you know – Except for him, he can have a gun. Right, exactly. So he very much is just – he's still a Democrat. And so we're like, but he is pro-cop. Like, think about that logic where it's like, well, at least he doesn't want to completely abolish the police. But he's still he's still bad on a lot of these but, things. But true. But like Giuliani was a gun grabber as mayor of New York City. Mm-hmm. Michael Bloomberg was a gun grabber and right. an anti-stater. Like he didn't want you to have a big soda. 
So yeah, yeah right. But, but I would say New York is different. So like as much as I want to say, oh, the Democrats are different. The reason New York City is different, and you've been to New York City, is because everybody rides the subway and everybody walks on the streets. So Democrats actually have to live with the policies that they advocate for there. They can't escape out into the burbs. That's why we get tough on crime mayors, and that's why I had faith in New York City. And I said that this election would determine whether or not I would consider moving or not. Because I, we, we, we actually do vote tough on crime. It's, it's not Chicago. It's not then, Baltimore, which I drove through today. And then what happens is because they're actually not tough on crime – the extremists then protest the, the Democrats' own policies. They go around and they constantly obstruct the streets. They protest. They, they New York's not a big riot place, but it never ends. And then that turns into a national movement. So because people like, uh, you know, uh, Eric Adams, right? Yeah. Because he's like, they, they call him tough on crime by New York standards. No, no, he's he's legit. He's like, I'm going to bring back stop and frisk. Like, the Republicans weren't like, we're going to bring back stop and frisk. He's like, no, 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 we're going to shake down people right, and this crack is some the, skulls. Th- that's the problem, you see. What happens is then Black Lives Matter comes out and turns that local problem from Democrats into a national problem and then demands everyone in the country live by this ideology. And because they have such influence in national level communications, politics, marketing, and corporations, because New York is a, is a hub for that, some random dude in, in, in West Virginia who lives in the mountains next to his you know his brother Cletus yeah. who's actually 20 miles away has to have new laws on his guns because of the failures of New York Democrats mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily just Eric it's not like it's Eric Adams fault it's that the people who live in these cities continually elect the same kind of people who do very similar things with very similar policies that don't work well i mean you you're you're right to a certain extent cuz i mean New York City distinctly banned chokeholds but after George Floyd died from a maneuver that would have been illegal for an NYPD officer, we still cut a billion dollars out of our police because we had right. to solve the problem of Minneapolis's policing issue. People in London are protesting over George H- Floyd. Hands up, don't shoot, which Michael Brown didn't have his hands up, and the London police don't carry guns. Yep. <laughs> like, never, it's never absurd. Happened. Yeah, so, so what's happening is you have this, you know, Ian mentioned it's technology, it's the internet, it's communications. It's not about any of the policy. It is literally my tribe must win at all costs and we will demand power. And and I'll tell you, I want to talk about the story where it gets really, really weird. This is a sign. This, this story right here is a sign to me of the uh, of the collapse. It's a very slow collapse. The first thing I'll say, uh, I'll give you the, I'll give you the story. Boston Pride, LGBT Pride, dissolves amid diversity complaints. An organization that's been around for 50 years to advocate for LGBT rights has dissolved because well, Black Lives Matter activists said that they didn't have enough diversity on their board. Now, I want to mention something. I say it's a slow collapse, right? We went to a diner today to pick up some petty melts. We got everybody these burgers. They're so good. Oh, they were good. They were, de- they were delicious. And uh, a peanut butter pie. And there's a sign on the door. And this, this shocked me. It said, for, it's something like, forgive us. From now on, we'll be operating only 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., as we attempt to rectify our staffing shortages. Half the diner was closed. Like they had the signs up, like you can't sit here. And they were completely understaffed. And they a diner that closes at 5 p.m. Nothing to do with pride or whatever, but it's just like the food shortages, the chaos. Un, yeah, the unemployment stuff. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. We'll come back to that. I just want to mention this part of the slow collapse. But look at this story. They say this decision was made with a heavy heart. Out of love and hope for a better future, the organization's board said in a statement. Boston Pride, the organization that has organized the city's pride celebrations for 50 years, has announced it's shutting down. 
The dissolution announced Friday afternoon in a statement on the group's website comes after the reportedly all-white board of directors had faced ongoing accusations of ignoring racial minorities and transgender people. It is clear to us that our community needs and wants change without the involvement of Boston Pride. Here's, here's the quote. We have heard... I'm going to read the quote, okay? We have heard the concerns of the QTBIPOC community what? and others. The statement continued. I I don't know what that means. And I'm not trying to be mean to the... Quit BIPOC? Qu- <laughs> qu- qu- oh, cute BIPOC. Is that yeah, what it's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't... Look... These people are increasingly, there was a video I saw of this like young woman and she was, it's a, it's a viral TikTok where she's like, you can use new words for your non-binary parents like Zizo and Zorbda. I'm not kidding. She was like, pom pom, pina, dofi. And I'm like, you're just saying gibberish words. What are you doing? That's where we're at right now. These young people are like, I can make up a thing. And so they make up a thing. And then the people who make up a thing go to the established thing and say, you have to shut down because we, th- we made a thing up. And they go, okay. And then it shuts down. How do we function as a society? Look, I'm sure there's a bunch of conservatives, you know, cracking cigars and laughing, you know, watching this. But I'm like, Boston Pride, 50 years of fighting for LGBT rights and, and quite successfully. And now they're shut down just like that. Wow. It's like Occupy Wall Street. That was my experience at Occupy. I went and I, I brought the Constitution. I was like, yo, I'm going to tell people about the Federal Reserve. This is, I'm going <laughs> to rally the troops. And when I went up, the girl was like, uh, I was going to go speak to them to like the, some news organization. And the girl was like, no, we've already had too many white people speak oh, to the wow. news. I was like, what? I'm about to blow people's minds, dude. Let me at it. <laughs> and they wouldn't. So I was like, well, too much, too much racism for good stuff at the top. I, you know, it's you, just, it's just demands for power, man. And the so Fed. So weird. Long live the Ron Paul Revolution. That's yeah, what we're up to, man. The Repeal the Federal Reserve yeah. Act of 1913. Um, for the polarization among the left is ridiculous. Their their desire to fraction off into little pieces is crazy. Especially because I always thought, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to pretend like it's authoritative. Uh, the rainbow flag was like all colors can be uh, within the LGBT community. If that's not real, it sounds like it makes sense and they should adopt that. But, yeah, um, there's a desire among lefties to do what I think Thomas Sowell refers to as, like, mascotism. Like, they want to have black mascots right. that aren't necessarily – like, they don't necessarily have anything to do with the organization. But as long as they're there and it looks nice – and it's weirdly to give the illusion of fighting racism. But in reality, there's, like, nothing more racist than, like, I want – a black logo. Tokenism. Yeah, so that you well, can, you can, uh, you know, think I'm virtuous. You know what I, I mean? I, I will say, uh, I'm actually surprised they did this, but they did add a white stripe to the, to the new, to the new, uh, uh, LGBT oh. flag. So. But what, I, what is the white stripe for, though? White people. Really? I, I would doubt, I would doubt that. I mean, I look at a flag that's got a black and a brown stripe for black and brown people, and then there's a white stripe, oh, and then a yellow white. triangle. The only thing I can say is if they say the stripes represent the color of the people, well, it's a white stripe. <laughs> I was either they're like, life is not black and white, Ian. You, you know that flag is copyrighted, right? That new one? That, really? Yeah. It's I, owned I by that. somebody? You mean the one with the, the purple circle in it? Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's the circle, but it's like the one with the, the black and brown with the diamond. It looks like the rip off of yeah, the yeah, we got flag. It. Yeah, yeah. I think my biggest problem is the level of intelligence of the people that we're talking about because people are not black and white at all, and we never have been, but... That, that people are just accepting these dumb phrases of black and white, and then they're saying it anyway. 
is concerning to me. My favorite thing about the whole critical race theory stuff, the, the, the critical race applied principles, is that they're like, whiteness doesn't mean white people. We're not saying about, it's, it's whiteness. It's a structure of, of the system. Black and brown means literally the color of your skin. It's like <laughs> black. There's no black skin. Black it's like clearly they mean white people when they're saying whiteness. Well, it's it, you always got to like get these people and ask them, okay, what's the difference between a white supremacist nation and a white majority nation? Like they won't be able to tell you. And I didn't think of that. I got that question from Devin Tracy. Well, like, here's a question: What's the difference between a white supremacist nation and a Chinese majority nation? Well, they would be potentially Chinese supremacists. Well, exactly. Like, but they would say whiteness. They would say, "Oh, well, I I kid you not." They would say something like, "Well, because the Chinese population is the majority in China, they're white." I mean, they think Asian people are white anyway. So, but yeah, but I I, I will say it's just this 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 flag, in my opinion, represents that there was no committee vote on this. It was like someone did it, and it was a meme. And that shows that a lot of what's happening on the left is basically, I view it as kind of like the, the oh, you ever see that horror movie, The Blob? Yeah, yeah, yeah a long time ago. Which one? Uh, there was one, it was like in the 80s, I think. Yeah, that's the one Carpenter. I saw. Yeah. Carpenter? Carpenter's yeah, the like blob. The, it kind of lands in the meteor or something. Yeah, and then it, it like, freaky. it's, it's small, but then it eats some, something, a rodent, and then it grows a little bigger. That's exactly that. what it is, right? That's what the left is doing right now. It's just absorbing institutions and then growing bigger, but it's nonsensical. It's just a heaping mass. You can see it. It's nondescript, and it's insane. And it's ripping itself. Well, it's ripping everything apart. It's just destroying things. And, and it's based on nonsense. Like, the, the, the whole thing about black trans women being killed more. Uh, my friend Nuanceburg did a video on this, and he found that black trans women have a lower rate of death by homicide than regular uh, black men. Like, so biological males that just identify as male. I don't well, know yeah, why yeah. I'm over-explaining that, well, this, but this, you this, did a good job. This, this, so so <laughs> I, I want to I just kind of wrap this into the conversation we're, 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 you know, the, at large, is that we're talking about, we, we start off talking about the balkanization of this country. Why is it possible, in my opinion, that we're heading towards this? Because this stuff makes no sense. Boston Pride shuts down because Black Lives Matter accused them of not having enough diversity. So they just shut down their civil rights organization after 50 years, just like that. Bro, if it's that easy to dissolve an organization and we're at, you know, a, a roughly 35 percent, probably not a fair number, but, you know, it's the best number we got. How do you how hard do you think it's really going to be to dissolve these bonds? They, they did that on Toronto. Remember, too, a couple of years ago, they sat down in front of the oh, that's right. Parade, yeah. And then they gave them a list of demands where I come from. That's called taking hostages. They had a huge acronym that i try i try, was trying to read i'm not kidding it was like um it, it was like qti 39 you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to be no, mean no. i'm like there's literally like a number two in it too yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah. but no no i'm not so there's lgbtq i i uh lgbtq iap2 it's like plus. iaa yeah there's a plus in no there. but there's another one which is a reference to marginalized people not uh, like the LGBT one is a reference to like ident- gender identities and sexuality, and the other one is based on racial identities and you know racial and culture. So that one is like, you know, you know how they do like, um, what is it, uh, Asian Pacific Islander or whatever it's yeah. called, A A P I or whatever, A A P I or whatever. Yeah, there was one like that, and it was like A A P I T three S two nine one one. That's like a robot's name. T two was a way better movie than T three. I'm just throwing T2 out that controversial great. opinion. No, no, but it, it is. It, it gets crazy. My favorite one that's included in there isn't the two spirit. It's the second A for ally. It's like what? That's, that's just yeah. There's one of them is ally. So huh. if you're a straight, 
and a, a straight. Yeah, a straight, straight. A straight and a and <laughs> a, a cis heteronormative. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about cis and trans. There's trans... Al- the Romans had trans-alpine Gaul and cis-alpine Gaul. I don't know if that's relevant. Trans and cis are... What means beyond heck? and nearer to. That's cis literally, is nearer that's to, literally trans why is they beyond. say you're a cis person or a trans person. They okay. say cis is a reference to like... I'm glad that I'm you glad know, I got that but, out. But like if you're straight, then like you get to be in the in the acronym. And it's like, dude, that's not for you. Just stop. Go. Get but, out of there. Like I added a white stripe to the flag. We I, still don't know what it's for. It I doesn't think, matter what they say it's for. If the black and brown represent black and brown people, the white stripe represents white is, people. Is the, is the white stripe underneath the black and brown stripe? No. It's underneath the blue and periwinkle stripe? Pink. That made, that made, I gotta look at pink. this picture. That may be, <laughs> what is this called? That may be white I just looked up LGBT if flag. It's, if it's okay. above it, I'm just going to say that. Um, well, it is the first stripe. Racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I oh, do, oh, the oh, whites are going to be asexual. Oh. No, the um, isn't that the, what the yellow is for? What is the yellow? I'm not going to say circle. what I thought the yeah, yellow was for because either. that was a bad answer. Super racist. <laughs> I think they're missing the point of white. I was going to say Pikachu, like oh, the, yeah. the Pokemon. When I so my family had a cafe in uh, on North Halstead in Chicago, which is like it's the it's Boys Town, it's the gay neighborhood, and then there's um, the one where Jesse Smollett was attacked. No, no, no. He wasn't there. He was in. Uh, he was in downtown. Okay. North Halstead is several miles north. It's um, it's like it's by Wrigley Field, and then there's there's Boys Town and Ladies Town, and I forgot what Ladies Town's actual name is, but that's where the lesbians are at, and then the gay men are in in Boys Town. But I was told uh, when I was there that the flag represented different aspects of the of the gay community, not races or anything like that. I don't know for sure though. But it's weird to see that they added race to yeah, it. Yeah, I thought it was just yeah. like flamboyant colors that they liked wearing. No, crazy they, rep- colors they, they represent like, something. I, I, they represent oh, something. I so. thought it was them being extra because normally one cause, one color, and they're like, we want all the colors. That How makes about sense that? to me. They're like, deal with gray if you want to be opposed to us. I don't like the whites on there because uh, when you look at a rainbow, all the colors, it, it's white light. And only if you look at it through a prism do you start to see all the colors of the rainbow, which is the flag, is the colors of the rainbow. Well, so like when they combined all of the lantern rings... They created the White Lantern Corps. There we yeah, go. That's all the light. You're came proving together. my point, Tim. I I'm, I'm just saying, like the new flag's got a white stripe in it. Now. Oh man! See, oh. I think of myself as an ally. I think of myself as like an ally to, to people in general, to these people of all kinds. But I don't virtue signal. Would you ally with the Blob? Let me put um, it this way: the Blob consumes a Krispy Kreme. I think that would be. And a game you like time. Krispy Kreme, and you're like, I'm a fan of the Blob because it consumed it, Krispy it's Kreme. It's a game nah, time dude. decision. Because if if no, I probably <laughs> wouldn't ally with the Blob. This is what I'm trying to say. Um, I believe in civil rights. I'm fairly, I'm, I'm actually fairly, um, moderately left on a lot of the social justice causes. But when you have a blob that consumes institutions, I'm not going to pretend the blob represents but the those blob is full anymore. of people. So you can, you no, they can dissolve interact with those people. Well, I, I would say you can't use their language. Like the, the reason they use the term like social justice and which is why I named my channel to be the opposite of that. Is because it's like, oh, I'm not against societal progress and justice, but like once we start adopting their language, it doesn't work. I agree with you. I'm like, in terms of social issues, I'm really libertarian. 
but like we can't we can't use their terms. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah no, that's, no, that's that's absolutely. So so just to simplify, when the blob when when I see like you know an LGBT LGBT you know uh, pride campaign or something or Boston Pride and they're like we believe that we should have the right to to live freely and be in our homes and all, I'm like I hear you, man. Then a blob consumes them, and then the blob like a face comes out of the flesh of the blob, but it's like just like a flat blob face going, I believe it rocks. I'm like, that's not Boston Pride. That's something else. I yeah. knew you once. Yeah, remember <laughs> no like, longer. Have, you, have you ever seen uh, The Frighteners oh. with um, Michael uh, Michael J. Fox? Nope. you never yeah, seen it? Oh, I've heard on. of it though. There's like the, the walls, like it's like someone's pushing out through like latex. That's what it looks like. They that's can- what it would be like when the, when, the, when the blob is rolling by and then you see like, you know, a civil rights activist come on, go support civil they, rights. They can like, be exercised from the blob. It just takes strategic uh, surgery, mental surgery. It, it, it's also weird how these movements kind of imitate real life because <clears throat> there is more homophobia among like the black community in the United States of America. On average, obviously, there's pockets of like, you know, evangelical Christians or or actually Mormons are nice to everybody. They just want to play board games with you. But there's like pockets of it. So like for a like supposed black civil rights movement to bully out of existence a gay civil rights movement, it's really <laughs> like it's it's like almost like the movements are imitating their uh, their base. Well, let's let, let's jump back to the the nightmare scenario that is what the government is doing and uh, outside of the the insanity of the left. So so the general idea, I guess, like the reason I wanted to get into that is that you've got this cultural movement which is just chaos. It's fire. It's rot. It's destructive, and you can see that. At the federal level, I feel like they really, really are panicking. This idea of balkanization is real. When the states start saying F you, when they were like, yo, we're going to lock down in Texas and Florida, like, nah. Joe Biden said, we, we're going to have to lock down more. Meanwhile, people are pardoning it up in some of these states, clearly having no authority. Check out this story from the New York Post. The White House is flagging posts for Facebook to censor over COVID misinformation. We also saw that story where the Biden administration and the DNC we're talking with text message providers, phone companies, to censor text messages. Oh, we, we crossed that Rubicon, baby. This is it. That's uh, no, no, no. We haven't crossed the Rubicon. Bro, what happened? I mean, what, when that's... when when Jen Psaki can go on TV and say she emphasized the word for, she goes, "We are flagging for Facebook." I was like, "Whoa, that's not." constitutional in any stretch of the imagination when they would normally do something like this they would go we are not telling facebook what to do we are merely asking them to enforce their rules to help this country even that is questionable the government can't go to a private company and say censor this they can't she's saying they're doing it they talk about going after our text messages bro that rubicon's been crossed so who's caesar in this metaphor Joe Biden. No. <laughs> no one would follow him into battle. Joe, Come on, man. Joe, got hairy legs. Joe That's Biden's a- like, I'm both Caesar and Brutus. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I think the wonderful thing is there's no cult of personality here. If there was a cult leader, Democratic president that people were obsessed with, we might we might see this, a Trump. Trump. Yeah, but he wasn't the, the Democratic leader. Like if there was a Democrat, if Biden was not Biden, but some yeah, they don't crazy cult yeah. leader, we would have that would be Rubicon danger where he could turn it into an empire. We we have a we have a very strong first amendment. So when you do stuff like this that's not technically a formal attack on the first amendment, that's referred to as chilling free speech and you're not allowed via supreme court decisions to chill free speech in that way. I, I don't no, I think this is overt. Like well, they're not saying they're not saying we're going to censor it. They're trying to do an end around 
to censor indirectly. So, like, that's the maneuver that they would be using. But that's, that's that, also unconstitutional. It's called no, no, chilling but, free speech. No, I think chilling free speech is, is different. I'm pretty sure um, if the the, the government uh, uh, Democrats are being sued over this in California, if the government goes to a private company and says censor this, it is the government taking an overt action, not chilling any. They're, they're literally the right. ones doing the censorship. Well, the, the way that you phrased it, it was like we're not saying censor it, but we're flagging this for Facebook. No, 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 no. I'm saying normally what the Democrats or the government would do is say the government is not in the business of censoring Americans. Right. We're just letting Facebook know when there's misinformation and they can deal with it as they see fit. That's not what they're doing. Right. That's what you'd expect them to do. What they're doing now is Saki is literally saying we are flagging it for them to remove. Okay. So that's that's what I that's right. What I that's her. that's overtly. It would be it would be like this. Imagine if the federal government was like, we hired uh, um, uh, Securitas to go uh, 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 detain a bunch, arrest a bunch of people who are at church because they're Christian. You're not going to be like uh, that that that's okay because a private company did it. Well, the government hires them to do it. The government instructs them to do it. You, you, they can't. That's literally what they're doing right now. Yeah. This is this is like the unof- or maybe it will lead to the official return of Operation Choke Point, which was under the Obama administration, where they would target certain sketchy borderline industries and reach out to the banking companies, the payment processes, and all that, and get them to stop doing business with them. And yep. the whole point was like, we're going to do human trafficking. But then all of a sudden, people who were like legitimately actors in the porn industry would lose their bank accounts. Right? They're like, we're going to do gun smuggling. But all of a sudden, federally licensed firearm dealerships would lose their bank accounts. So like the Obama administration in – well, not – formally created a list of industries and like industries that they de- determined to be adjacent to problems in the country. And they use federal power to get rid of that. Then Trump comes into office, and these companies almost continue that program in his absence. And now Biden's back in, and he's like, well, let's formalize what you guys have been doing already. Here's what's next. Glenn Greenwald tweets, the White House is admitting that they're compiling lists of people who they claim are posting content they regard as problematic, and that constitute misinformation, and are demanding Facebook remove them. This is authoritarianism. So how long until the White House puts out their list of extremist content producers and they say the insurrectionists were following these people, which, of course, is going to include most of the people you, you, you know and love because people follow a lot of people. I, I, you, know, you know what they won't do? They won't point out that many of these same people will be following Brian Stelter on CNN. Well, but that's not relevant. But you'll see Crowder's name in there. You know, Sticks, X and Hammer was like, I hope I make the list. What happens when they do that? And then they say the the extremists those who espouse incitement to insurrection that is illegal and we're going to shut down their their accounts right yeah i mean look i was told by one of these quote-unquote insurrectionists that never went into the building that they watch my content so like ooh, i inspired an extremist i i somehow may have inspired somebody that's further to the right than me much further according to to this like interpretation but yeah it's definitely a huge problem that they're that they're doing this and that they keep pushing the gas on censorship again it's it's an informal or it's i'm sorry it's the formalization of what was already happening while trump was in office what became normal and like the biden administration is totally cool with it and we're not we shouldn't be surprised because remember when obama played the facebook algorithm the facebook guys came up to him after he won his election and they were like we knew what you were doing, and we thought it was so cool because we were on your side. Yep. Trump plays the Facebook algorithm. They changed the rules completely. Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. Yeah, the, the, the Donald dominated the front page of Reddit all the time. So they were like, we're going to remove the Donald from the front page, period. 
as soon as Republicans figured out how to use the internet, they were like, well, you know, we got to have authoritative sources. So what if 95% of the mainstream media, except for Fox, is, is left-leaning? Don't worry about it. It's going to be authoritative. And now they're untethered. The left is completely untethered from society because of once big tech started playing that game of we can will ban the conservatives and that's literally what they're doing there are some people on the left who get banned don't get me wrong there's a lot of them but when people saw and i don't think it was it was an intentional movement i think it was a natural progression that you've you've got left and right and facebook and twitter and youtube say this chunk of the right is gone and this chunk of the left is gone now the whole overton window just went and shifted far to the left you get the rainbow bleep bleep monkey. I can actually, I think you can say butt. That's rainbow very, bleep butt monkey. That's very interesting because physically, if you had um, a structure of two two pieces and you removed one of that, like the far the far right, you said was removed, that would release the end. Like you said, it actually said untethered. untethered. Mm-hmm. Like it's you've removed the counterweight. Exactly, exactly. Another way to put it is if your if if your uh, left fingertips get get removed in an accident, but your whole right hand is removed in an accident and you're right-handed, now you're going to be left-handed. You can still use your right arm for things providing support, but all of a sudden now everything's going to shift to the left where the resources are. So so long as the censorship is 80% conservative and 20% left, Everything's going to shift to the left because it's untethered. There's nothing holding them back anymore. So what do you get? Drag queen story hour. Because they don't care about what, what Republicans say because you will get banned for criticizing these communities. If you say what your issue with it is, you're banned. Then it levels up. Now you've got rainbow bleep butt monkey showing up at the library and the parents going, what? Yeah. And screaming and freaking out. Anatomically correct. Someone put on... Yeah, we can't. I won't talk too much about it, but yes. they walk that back in the UK for you know the next couple of months. They're never going to do anything like that again. But the Drag Queen Story Hour, I've been on this for years because I do a partnership with the David Horowitz Freedom Center, right? And that's not just in public libraries. In certain districts in this country, that's in our public schools. So if you pay taxes, you're paying for Drag Queen Story Hour for these people to come to your school, read to your kids, and all the books are about how like you know you should probably think about gender transitioning. Like kindergartner, have you ever considered this? Do you, uh, you ever been to a strip club? Yes. Ian? Yeah. Lydia? No, I've not. But, but I was there because I knew somebody that owned it. Uh, so what a lot of people don't know is that in many states, maybe even most, they don't get fully nude. In fact, in many of these lame. Yeah, it's true though. It's topless. topless only with if you have alcohol, you can't have full nude a lot of times with alcohol. In, in a lot of states, and yeah, especially a, a lot of red states, the alcohol. How, but, how are they still in business with the internet? I'm just, just question. People like to be there physically. Yeah. But the, the other thing too is some places aren't even topless. Some some states don't even allow topless. So you ask someone what is it stripping, and they're going to assume full nude. That's actually not true. That's actually not true. There are places, sure. Just when they take off the beanie. Yes. No. No. And here's the point. If you went to, say, I don't know, Jenk Uger of the Young Turks and asked them if they would support children taking off their clothes on stage as adult men, uh, would you support an 11-year-old boy on stage taking off his clothing while adult men gave money to him every time he did? Now, of course, the boy was still wearing shorts and a t-shirt underneath his outfit, but it was pulling off the clothes and then getting money. Do you think they would support that? I actually think right now they wouldn't give you a straight answer because they'd be like, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. I don't trust what you're asking. It's a straightforward question. The point is Chen Huger actually defended tri- child stripping. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 
This is not uh, hyperbole. There is, I'm not going to say the name of, of the child who does what they call drag shows. But drag shows are conspicuously similar to stripping, Simulating where he, he, he goes on the stage as a bunch of adults throw money to him and give, give him money as he takes his clothing off. And so I saw that and I immediately was like, now that looks like stripping. Called some people I knew who, who worked in the industry, asked them some questions, and they said, I, I, I didn't ask them about the drag show. I said, what would you call this? And I said, a person on stage taking off an outer layer of clothing to reveal undergarments, maybe a t-shirt and shorts, while adults in the audience are giving money as they do it. And they were like, that's stripping. And I said, in, in that, that, as I described it, like, of course. And I was like, but they don't get naked. No, but you, you don't always get naked. And I'm like, okay, so that would be stripping. Yes, absolutely. These, these are people I know who have, who have worked in some women in multiple states. And they explain in, in, they're like in Vegas, here's how it works. Vegas is like, they got brothels. In, in like the, the Dakotas, it's actually like this. In, in red states they're, they're, that are more religious, oh man, you can't even, you have to be wearing like a full top. So quite literally, it's indistinguishable. And Jank Huger has a show where he actively defends the practice. So when we're at that level, I don't know. I don't even know what to say, man. That That is untethered. That, that is what untethered means. That was like a haymaker to a my face high, when I saw that. High profile, yeah. progressive YouTube channel with millions of followers. And he actively says, prebubescent boys taking off their clothing for adult men at a bar for money is okay. I'm like, what? No, no I'm sorry, dude. You've crossed the line. You're untethered from reality because I can sit here and be like, I actually think we need basic universal health care with private supplemental insurance. <gasps> I'm in favor of that. I'm actually in favor of universal parental leave. I think we've got a big problem with parents not being there for their kids. I think if we had if we had that some way solidified would be fantastic. I think we've got a huge problem that businesses are tied to healthcare. I think Andrew Yang was right about that. And uh, I think the Young Turks have lost their minds when they defend child child stripping. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you better stop attacking jank otherwise anna's gonna blackmail you <laughs> but um but uh yeah no uh jank saying that is ridiculous and they are very like weaselly about it because they'll deny it but then they'll say how they're in favor of it like that's the trick they're like that's not happening but also you're weird and creepy for being against it even though even even under drag circumstances so i i asked around typically they leave the money for whichever drag person is on the stage in like a jar away from that, so you They're don't not have throwing the, them yeah, you them. don't have the image of them flinging dollar bills up there, and that's not even just a kid on a stage getting that image. It's also like after midnight, yeah. Like what are you doing, bringing with, without those? I'm pretty sure they were drinking, right? Yeah, I, I could be bar. wrong. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to say things unless I'm absolutely sure. So either way, it's it's untethered. So what happens is when you have a tri- tribalism, the blob, it's absorbing institutions, and now the blob is saying that these things should happen, which are horrifying. It's disgusting. Jenk is scared that if he says the wrong thing, he'll offend his audience. So he defends it. Oh, and they had Jordan Klepper from Comedy Central saying, isn't it so great to hear what this, this kid has to say about being an advocate? And I'm like, you people are nuts. You've gone so far off the rails. It used mm-hmm. to be, you know, when I grew up, that the conservatives would argue something and it was an argument. Oh, no, you can't do that. Safe, legal, and rare for abortion. Mm. Now it's... Lena Dunham saying she wish she got an abortion or whatever, or whatever abortion. she said. Yeah, things like that. They've I, untethered. I've seen Jenk get bullied too. He in the beginning when defund the police was becoming popular, Jenk was smart. He was like, "This is a stupid slogan," and you know, eighty percent of people are against defunding the police. But slowly but surely, because his audience is supposed to be like more on the left, 
he started saying, listen, I'm going to be this defund the police guy. And now every time he talks about it, he's like, we're in for defund the police. And then it's like a 30-second explanation. He's for it, but then he gives you like the 45-minute pitch of why that doesn't actually mean defund the police. He was right the first time. Defund the police is a stupid slogan. Yep. I wish I would have invented it for the Democrats to use because it's tanking them across the country. But, yeah, like so I've seen him get bullied by his audience, so this might be an issue where he's like – that's questionable, but over time, it got he got browbeat by his audience. The most fascinating thing now that I see with the Young Turks is Jenks' insistence that the alt-left exists. And what does that mean? Glenn Greenwald, Michael Tracy, Aaron Matei, and Jimmy Dore. The alt-left. I love it. Yeah. That's not what alt-left means. It's not what it ever meant, and it never really caught on anyway. So it's funny that he tries claiming that the, the people who criticize the establishment and his fake progressive movement are alt-right and alt-left. It's like, dude, maybe you've just lost the plot because you're chasing a dragon, man. You want the ratings. You want the clicks. You look at the supercuts of the Young Turks over the years, and it's really, it's really, you can really see how they've compromised over and over and over again. I saw uh, a clip of them from, they had the new hire, and she was like three days on, and he was like, what career? You don't have a career. Do you ever see that? Oh, was, uh, Kim Horcher. He kind of, and he, he, as you can tell, immediately he felt horrible about it, but he was so chill. Back then, he was so much more relaxed. He's so, like, agitated. Things have, like, tweaked him out I over the it. last, like, six Dude, years. I totally get it. I do. I we, feel we talked for about him, this. Man. We talked about this the other day, man. This is important. I, uh, you know, when I got started in more actively, publicly in politics, like Occupy Wall Street, I, I went to Occupy Wall Street because I saw these videos of police, like, is just dragging a guy by his foot and it's like his hands bleeding. But I also knew a bunch of hackers because I had been hanging out at hacker spaces in Los Angeles. I knew a bunch of hackers, you know, around the world, actually, because I, I, you know, made some friends, got some connections. These all were on the left. All the hacking community was on the left. Anti-establishment, anti-Fed, anti-intelligence agencies. They were pro-journalists, pro-information, pro-free speech. And then something changed. A bunch of these hackers all of a sudden became authoritarian and pro FBI. In fact, some of the, some of these people are on, were on Facebook cheering for the FBI raid on Giuliani. And I commented on the post saying, I'm so glad to see you've finally been de-radicalized that you would now actively support the FBI. And they're like, well, I mean, uh, well, they're, they're doing the right thing now. Dude, these people on the left used to laugh about the trolling that Weave would do. I can't even say the name of Weave's organization. I cannot say some of the things he's done. One of the most notorious trolls, if not the most notorious troll on the internet, saying the most offensive things. A bunch of people on the left recognized the right of free speech, and they were edgy, and they were fun, and they mocked things, and they made jokes, and you had George Carlin, and George Carlin would say all of the racial slurs in the world in his bit. Then something started to change over the past 10 years, rapidly and quickly, where for whatever reason, the leftists fell in line. So imagine you're Jent Uger and you're watching the transformation of your audience. I got to be honest. I, 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 the last time I saw, uh, Jent, we got, he yelled at me because he was losing it. Before that, I was shaking his hands at VidCon. So only like pro- probably three, three and a half years ago, maybe talking to him about ad rates and YouTube. And then he started to lose it because like you said, initially he's like, defund the place is wrong. And now he's embracing it. The left has dramatically changed. And I think there's one really easy and obvious reason. Young people who are authoritarian and pro-state were growing up, entering the, the, the public left, the, the, the political left, and influencing what was being said. 
And so now all of the prominent establishment leftists had to start falling in line with their changing audience. So they embrace all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen some sad stories. I'm not going to get into the full details, but I know some people who I'm not going to get into full details. I know some people who have gone through severe depression. I mean, you, you, you live with these people. You're friends with them for, for 10 years. You've gone through all these adventures. You've said every awful thing you can think of because you're trolls on the internet, hackers who believe in free speech. And then one day, all of your friends are saying, you can't say that anymore. Everything you've done is wrong. And we're going to cancel you unless you come out in support of us. And then you're thinking to yourself, like, these people don't believe in anything we've done. They hate what, who we are. They hate what we, we've done. What do you do? So Jank losing his mind, freaking out, snapping at me at Politicon. Yeah, he's trapped. He is trapped in that box. Also, it's frustrating if you're like the network and you see all this talent come through your system and then they can go be more successful on your own. And you're seeing your numbers drop, but your former employees doing well. Dave Rubin, I've done videos about how Anna and Jank have been unbelievably nasty to Dave Rubin talking about how like they never liked him. They wanted to hire his husband and they like embarrassed him. It's really nasty stuff that you should never air publicly. Jimmy Dore. The only difference with the Jimmy Dore thing is Jimmy Dore is using Jenks' rhetoric more effectively. Jenks, the big money in politics guy, yep. he'll tell you if you take five grand as a congressman from from the NRA, then you are corrupt and you want children to die by firearms. Well, Jenk took twenty million dollars from Jeffrey Katzenberg. So when Jimmy Dore points that out, everything Jenk has been saying up until this time, it Jimmy has the rhetorical advantage, and it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have put all your eggs in the money in politics basket. Well- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But what we're seeing with the meltdown of the Young Turks is it's exactly what you were saying. It's funny that you have these people who were all part of the network in some way, and they move on and find huge success. Jimmy Dore is still very much saying what he's always said. He's critical of the establishment. He's critical of Democrats. And and Glenn Greenwald as well. I, I, I remember I criticized Glenn Greenwald because I thought he was being unfair to CNN. Because he did it, he was doing this this event, and he was talking about CNN, and I was like, "Come on, like, you know, we can rag on the mainstream media, but you know, hold on there a minute." Now I look at a lot of things they're doing, and I've got my criticisms of Glenn Greenwald absolutely, but I'm impressed that he stuck stuck to his principles for as long as he did, to the point where he actually leaves the Intercept. Jenk Uger is watching that; he's watching the people that used to represent the people that do represent his values, what he actually believes deep down inside, but he knows he can't do anything because. He's tethered to this contract. Here's what I think. 20 million. Who do you take it from? Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. So he can't just come out and say the things he wants to say because he, he has contracts. He's Corner. locked in place. Is Katzenberg the Disney guy? Yeah. A former Disney CEO. Yeah. Big Hillary Clinton bundlers. Imagine you have a contract that's like you got to do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, don't worry. We're all about the, the, the left and progressives, right? And you're like, this works. You sign the deal. Then the progressives become authoritarian crackpot ideologues. And you're looking at former employees leaving 
and your ship is sailing and you're like, I literally can't get off the boat because of the contract I signed. So are they right. stuck under like a contract? It's, it's an investment. So like the fact that they're not profitable, like, you know, you have to, you have to make a return for your investors. It's not like they bought uh, the young, I'm sure they bought a portion of it. You don't give somebody $20 million for no, right. 0% of their company. But, uh, but you know, the, it's a private company. So a lot of the details are, are hidden. But yeah, it's, it's that. But, and what's funny about Glenn Greenwald and Jimmy Dore being anti-Jank is that Jank, Jimmy Dore, and Greenwald were all a part of the crew that tried to kick Sam Harris out of the left years ago. <laughs> so like, these are, like, so when you were saying Glenn Greenwald was unfair, like, not CNN, to Sam Harris. Yeah. Unbelievably unfair to him. Jimmy Dore too. And Jimmy Dore, like, even though I'm enjoying this, like, I'm not a Jimmy Dore fan, and I, I can't stand people in my audience, so hi, guys, that say, <laughs> Jimmy Dore's the correct leftist. Jimmy Dore's the good leftist. Like, let me be 100% clear about something. Have you ever heard the uh, this this idea that uh, the Young Turks inspired a police shooting? I've never heard that before. Yeah, so it's, it's the Baton Rouge one. I won't name the name for the algorithm purposes. Mm, the Young mm. Turk that inspired them was Jimmy Dore. I do remember hearing about yeah. this vaguely. Yeah. And you can find the videos online. So, huh. like, for me... Like it's a battle of the scummy. I will watch it for entertainment, I, but I, I'm not. I'm not jumping on any team. I, I like Jimmy Dore for one reason. He's he'll talk to you. He'll be straight about it. Yeah. So he has his opinions. He makes his videos. He talks about what we want to talk about. I, I disagree with him on uh, a decent amount, but I know that I can message him and he'll. He's like a real human being. Right. And so I, I know a lot of people. Have, Ian and I have differing opinions. No. But if if we can actually talk and you'll be honest and in your in our conversations like real people, then I'm cool with that. Like. I, I could hang out with a communist so long as they were totally honest about what communism was and meant. Just don't lie to me and be real. And I'll be like, well, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we won't be friends, but I can have a polite conversation and be like, that's cool, you know? My thing is, is that if I speculated terribly on a story and that turned out to be false and that inspired somebody to kill three cops, I would at least acknowledge it publicly. You know, let me let me let me explain. You know the the the, the Young Turks rage in 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 this way. I I signed a deal with uh, Univision's you know and Disney Fusion's company. It was a two year contract. It was for a lot of money, and when they started doing bad stuff, and I didn't like it, and I didn't want to play that ridiculous woke game, they just put me in golden handcuffs, where they were basically like sit back and do nothing because there's nothing you can do. And I tried breaking. The, I, I I said, will you let me out of the contract? They basically said no. They didn't say it outright, but they're like, well, you know, let's revisit the conversation later. And then I'm just sitting there like, I can't do anything. Now, for me, I didn't lose my mind because I had no obligations to be on camera saying these things. I literally was just like, I'm not going to go on camera and say these things. There was an instance where I was doing a, a mini doc on this uh, cop watch group. And when I was talking to some woman about police brutality, and then I, uh, it was the, it was the craziest thing I brought up. We we're just talking. And then I mentioned, you know, when she said, you know, growing up and being Asian in New York, you deal with a lot of police brutality. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, my family absolutely dealt with a lot of this stuff, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm part Korean. And then she, she immediately snapped at me and got really mad and said, no, you have no idea what you're talking about. Take that back. And I was like, but my family did go through this stuff. Like, we, we had bricks thrown through our window. And then I was just like, dude, I, if you guys want to finish this shoot, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to sit here and, and, and take a racist, you know – insults or anything like that. I don't have to be here and I don't want to be involved in this. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the person on camera who's sitting there going like, Oh, I'm so sorry that I, I'm so, no, I'm not doing it. So they put me in golden handcuffs, but I didn't have to be, you know, on camera. Jenk has to host his show. Mm -hmm. And so what if he starts saying things 
like the establishment is bad. He did say the Democrats lie all the time. I can respect that. But what if he starts coming out and saying, you know, Trump's right about the, the, the manufacturing base leaving? It's going to hurt the investors. They're going to revolt and they could come after him for breach of contract. You're hurting the company. You are hurting the investment. You owe us. So he has no choice but to sit on this boat forever, for, for however long. It could be forever. It's an investment. It could be forever. He's trapped. And he's watching Jimmy Dore and Glenn Greenwald, and they're on the shore waving goodbye as he drifts further and further out into oblivion. Huh. And, and the reason Jimmy has the overwhelming advantage in their dispute is because based on the ideological parameters that Jenk has set out, Jimmy's right. Like, force <laughs> the vote for Medicare for all. Yep. Based, like, right. I've disputed the polling around Medicare for all multiple times, but that doesn't matter. They all theoretically believe that everybody's in support of Medicare for all, and now's the time to do it. Jimmy Dore was 100% right in that progressive sphere, which is why Jank lost yep. it, publicly in the PR battle for that. I mean, I think the Young Turks are not long for this uh, political landscape, to be completely honest. And the, and Anna did black – like, that was an attempt at black. Yeah, we'll like, explain that. What was that? So she – so what, what ended up happening is they were going – Jimmy was hitting the Young Turks for a long time and overforced the vote by name since, like, November, December, whenever he started well, the let's, let's, the let's start from that part. Basically, there were progressives who said the the squad and progressive members of Congress should withhold their support for Nancy Pelosi unless Pelosi agrees to have a floor vote on Medicare for all. Yeah. The, the Young Turks were like, no, don't do it. Don't help Republicans. And, and they would make up that there was a scenario where they could make a Republican speaker, which, by the way, being a speaker without a majority is meaningless anyway. So yeah. even if that wasn't a lie, which it was, Jenk was lying about that, it wouldn't mean anything. So Jimmy was calling that out because he was a big advocate of it. And it seemed like Jank was jealous that, like, Jimmy thought of it or, or maybe he was trying to do it or per- trying to preserve relationships with the squad or something like that. Um, over time, that led into uh, Jimmy attacking Jank as a televangelist because you get $20 million from Katzenberg. But you're out there every day like, I need money. The funniest email by far. And I'm on the Young Turks email list. So I saw it <laughs> is where they said, we'll get you $2,000 stimulus checks. If you give us money, the Young Turks will pressure people in the Democratic Party to get you stimulus checks. Wow. It's, what? It's, yeah. It's, it, Jenks fundraising is really greasy and televangelisty. So Jimmy's been slamming him over and over again. And again, the rhetorical advantage because the money and politics argument, according to Jenks' own logic, Jimmy's right. So Anna Kasparian pops into Jimmy Dore's DMs and she, Runs down this thing. She's like, I've been letting you talk like nonstop about me and TYT, and that's going to end. I'm going to bring up this time that you uh, like harassed me or apologize. And she names like one instance where he apologized in there, not like alludes to it. And then she says one time you um, said that you like my jeans and you wanted to buy a pair for my wife. Right. Which for is his not, wife. Yeah. For, for Jimmy's wife. So Jimmy, like if you get that message, you have to come out publicly because if Jimmy stopped talking about the Young Turks, even if it was for a week, Anna could have said, look, I messaged him this. He hasn't talked about us for a week. Therefore, he knows it's true. Therefore, he's a scumbag. So it's a total setup. So Jimmy comes out and tells the story. Turns out Jimmy Dore actually told the story months earlier. Oh, bump the mic. Jimmy told the story months earlier, the same exact story that he told now, without naming Anna. So, like... Anna tried to blackmail him in order to get him to stop. And Jimmy was criticizing her on policy, her and Jank on policy. And she tried to dig up this thing that he apologized for. It was not that big of a deal. I don't know. You know, you could listen to the videos. Jimmy has it just that, that, that whole stuff gets a little bit too in the weeds of like drama between personalities. It, it shows how nasty the Young Turks are that something 
that she Jimmy apologized for and accepted the apology. Seven years passed by. Jimmy has criticisms of the Young Turks as a network and their policy positions. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Shut up or we're going to me to you. Mm. So that, right. So this is where I think there's, in the, in the greater context for those that probably, if, if you don't care about the Young Turks, and I mentioned it's a lot of people, now I'm not saying no one cares about the Young Turks. I'm saying probably people watch us or like, I don't watch them. I do. It's, it's indicative of what's happening to the mainstream left messaging. The Young Turks, big, powerful, prominent. They were like one of the first, they're on YouTube TV. They have their own channel. Mm. And I don't think they'll last long because you can't, Look, you know, he got booted from the Justice Democrats. You can't please this crowd. I mean, we just did a, was a segment about how the, the Black Lives Matter activists got Boston pride shut down. You cannot have allegiance to a group of people who will just gut you and, 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 and eviscerate you at a moment's notice or without even a moment's notice. So the Young Turks are continually embracing nonsensical policy positions, notably like don't push a vote for Medicare for all. I was 100% in favor of the force the vote. Not that I thought it could pass, but Jimmy said, I want to know who opposes it. Let the Democrats say to their constituents what they really believe. And I'm like, yes, I thought it was hilarious. I, How I, many Democrats come out and they're like, we absolutely support Bernie. And they know their actual core constituency are moderate and don't want it. So when it comes to the vote, they're going to be like, no. So this is where I had the in, in Jank Jimmy logic. It works. This is where I had the flaw is because. It's really easy to vote yes on a bill that you know for a fact it's not going to pass anyway. So you wouldn't have really gotten a good assessment of who's in favor or who is opposed to it. Perfect example of this. Barack Obama votes against raising the debt ceiling as a senator. Now, when he's president and the Republicans are threatening to actually do that, he had to come out and say, look, I was grandstanding. Like, that's what you do. When you know a bill is going to pass for sure and you think you can grandstand in voting the opposite way, That that's what you do for political points. But think about... The midterms, when primaries happen, and they could say, here's them saying yes or no. Make them put their money where their mouth is. I want honesty in politics. So if these people are like, I'm going to lie for votes, and then when it comes to actually voting, they have to make a choice, a hard choice. None of this wishy-washy BS. Then when the primary and the midterms come up, there's going to be a video over and over again of them, them saying yay or nay. Or- so I, 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 I agree, force the vote. No, I, I, I think it fits perfectly if you're in that camp, um, but you could also vote present, remember. Or That's just- right. And then what happens is, as Jimmy was stating, you get to, uh, in the primary, say they refused to support Medicare for all. They are not progressive. Mm-hmm. Let that be known. The pe- Look, I don't agree with, a, with most of what these Democrats want, but I, I do agree the constituents have a right to know what they actually will do. I don't want none of this, I'll just do whatever the whims and tides of the day are going to be. No, yeah. no, no. I this, want- came, this came up before, man. It shouldn't be like, I'm going to trust this person to do what they said they're going to do. It should be a smart contract built into their job. They say they're going to do it when they're running, and then they're bound. And it happens automatically whether they, they don't even get to I, choose. I, there there, there I are would, issues with that, though. Like, what if they get in and then get hand, handed a classified document and they go, ooh, wow. Too bad. I, I would be I would be fast. <laughs> tell, the peop- tell the American people they got a document. Tell that's Expose true. it. Yep, yeah, that's true. I would be fascinated if you had them all on record to see what would actually happen in the primaries. Because Jimmy's theory of politics is that if you vote no on Medicare for all, you're losing in the primary. I don't think that's going to actually pull out in the like in the correct way. Like Joe Manchin, if he voted, I know he's in the Senate, but if he voted yes on Medicare for all, like he'll probably win his primary, but he's losing to the Republican. Like, he has triangulated his way into that Senate seat that should be a Republican Senate seat. And he's the most popular politician in West Virginia history, by the way. 
as a Democrat. Who is? Joe Manchin. Oh, jeez. Everybody doesn't yep. – people don't like him, but the Democrats would not have that their place in the Senate right now if not for him. Yep. A lot of people pointing out that Jimmy spit on Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. He spit on Alex Jones' face. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. But, you know, Alex got up in their space and there was a whole fight. I was there actually at the what was it? That Info, was the DNC. <laughs> yeah, that was I think that was the DN was that the DNC or was that the RNC? It was the RNC. It was the RNC. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was I, at both. I have so much love for Alex Jones because I was watching politics on YouTube when there were five political channels. Alex Jones, the Young Turks, which is why I know so much about them. Uh uh Lee Doran, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. And a couple of others that I don't want to name. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are change. We are change, Luke Rodowski. Yeah. yeah, Luke, where you at? Luke. He, he, he pops in from time to time. Yeah, one of the original, I think Luke might be like the original political channel. No joke. Because he's got videos going way back. And he was, uh, his first videos, he was yelling at Zygmunt Brzezinski, I think it was. Yeah. You're a globalist. Ah! He's yelling at him, whatever. Like Luke's him. come a long way. Uh, Still yelling about globalism. Warren 25 was pretty hardcore. He was that Canadian dude that just screamed at George Bush. He was a good friend of mine. There, there's oh, a, yeah. he there's an issue I know Luke more for, but I can't say it on because I'm pretty sure it's a YouTube thing. Dude, yeah, probably. So, so, so yeah. we'll, we'll save all of that super spicy <laughs> stuff for the members only bonus segment and uh, all the election stuff, which is like some, some really big news. But I, you know, I don't look, I don't care for most of the drama. I want to say, I, I think a lot of the Young Turk stuff comes up simply because, you know, Jenk puts out a lot of these half-baked statements. And I, I don't much care for the Young Turks. I don't care to, to, to talk about them all that often, but they are a big and powerful player in politics. Yeah, it's a, they're a litmus test, if anything, of what's happening socially to news media because they were 2008, 2007. Is that when they started? I mean, they were, uh, no, like, no, oh, way, 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 way before 2005, that. 2005, six, way, but that, I mean, YouTube, that. they were making killer like, YouTube they, videos. Or something, right? They were on YouTube before YouTube had monetization. It, oh, yeah, yeah. And so they, they had, no, no, they had, they, didn't they have their own website before even YouTube existed? Uh, well, so, Jank bought the domain. I know too much about the Young Turks. Jank <laughs> bought the domain, the Young Turk in 1996, and the Young Turks in 1997. Okay, so old school. And I mean, he was very anti-war in Iraq, extremely outspoken about the corruption in the Bush administration. And I learned a lot, and I think a lot of people did because of his work. But then you see over the decades, it's kind of like he's transitioning as society's transitioning, and he's Just, like. Let me let me let me explain something to you guys. I, I was talking to some guys from Vice and there was uh, I don't know if I told this story on air before because it's like a you know, YouTube probably get mad at me, but whatever. There was an article from Vice that said this disgusting app shows you what women look like topless. And it's an app where if you take a picture of a woman, it uses like, you know, an algorithm or whatever to generate a topless image, simulates it. And so I was talking to these guys from Vice a couple of years ago. And they were talking about how so many people changed. They were like, man, so many people we knew from Vice have just changed, become far right, blah, blah. And so I was like, guys, you changed. We didn't. I was like, I showed them the article. It was, it was a reason at the time or something like that. And I was like, you see this article? Like this disgusting app can show you what women look like topless. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you know what the title of that article would have been in 2011? And they were like, 
Oh, yeah. It would have been this amazing app can show you because Vice was left, sort of, but they were edgy. Oh, yeah. They were they 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 were uh, punk rock, sex, mm-hmm. drugs, and rock and roll, man. Not these stodgy suit wearing conservatives. What we're not going to wear those suits at CPAC. And now Vice is moral, authoritarian, stodgy. You know, do as you're told or else. It's called Vice. Like they changed. Sin, yeah. They changed. So so I bring that up because there's that, that video. Um, there's a a, 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 a a composite video from the Young Turks, and you can see the things that Jenk and Anna used to talk about. Like uh, talking directly about women's bodies, yeah, mocking no them, censorship. Calling, they were yeah. free, and I, I it was crazy. funny, edgy. It was free speech, yeah. and now they're locked down, Damn. moral authoritarian. Mm. That's the left. That's the that's the evolution of the left. That's, I, I should have watermarked those clips because when Jank announced he was running for Congress, I went and I knew all the dirt, downloaded it, started uploading it to Twitter, and everybody stole it from me. But shout out to Stephen Michael Davis for starting this whole fight between Jank and Jim and Jimmy Dore. He's the one who clipped that whole Aaron Mate thing that started this whole thing. Check him out on Twitter and on YouTube. Great man. I've been entertained for months based on that one minute long clip. You know, I'll say, I'll say this right now. Um, and then we'll read super chats. Democratic party is trash. I detest them. The neocons, all trash. They went and joined the Democratic party back in 2016 because of Hillary. The Republican party, the remnants of the establishment Republicans, Mostly trash, but there's a decent handful of Republicans that I can respect. I can respect the populist right for wanting to fight back. The Libertarian Party, mostly trash as well. Party politics is but trash. Yeah. Mises Caucus, Dave Smith. Now I'm starting to actually dig what's happening with the Libertarian Party. Well, how could we do this without parties? I I, I think I I don't mind party politics. Why? It's 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 sort of like. The problem with certain areas is how it it breaks down into um, a single party rule. That's a problem. But when you look at like how the primary process works, it 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 serves similarly a kind of rank choice system. You know, so you have a bunch of different parties. The the people vote for who in the like. So you've got progressive, conservative, libertarian, and of the progressives, which one should win? And then they they choose. Boop. Then of the libertarians, which one should win? Then of the Republicans. The problem is it's devolved into two party tribalism. Right. It's it's, it's not necessarily the party issue. It's the first past the post voting system, where it's one person one vote. That actually doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you actually go through the math of the system, because then people end up voting against instead of for because a vote for a vote against is typically more powerful than a vote for. So you think with ranked choice voting, party politics would be less uh, incisive? Yes, right word? absolutely. But ranked choice isn't even that perfect. There's still issues with it, but I certainly like ranked choice better than, you know, I think if we had ranked choice voting, Ron Paul would have won. I don't know the, if incisive the, was the, the right word. I think it might be divisive. The problem is everybody says, man, I'd love to vote for Ron Paul, but... He's probably not going to win, so you got to vote for McCain. Well, how come George Washington, when he was leaving office, was like, party politics is terrible. Do not do it. It well, will be yeah, the yeah. downfall of our system. What, what he, what, he's right about ranked choice because right now if like a better candidate – if like Biden versus uh, Trump, right? And then there was a third-party candidate that you thought was better, but you didn't believe they could win. Voting for them, like assuming you wanted Trump to win, like you're taking away votes for Trump, would cause your worst choice to win. Hillary, yeah. um, Biden, whatever. Um, the point of ranked choice is that if your candidate doesn't get above a certain threshold or is not going to win, then they default – all the voters default to their second choice. I like that a lot. So, so look, look. Dave Smith becomes the libertarian presidential candidate. And then it's Biden, Trump, Dave Smith. I go number one, Dave Smith, number two, Trump. Then what happens is if it turns out Dave actually can't win 
and he only gets 10%, my vote goes to Trump instead. Yeah. So it stops me from voting in the lesser of two evils. It gives me the actual ability to choose. And then what ends up happening is it gives people the confidence to vote for who they actually want. Yeah. It's not perfect. There still, still are circumstances where people end up panicking and voting because of the way some of these systems are designed, but voting against somebody for the, sure. The idea is you're more voting for who you want to win instead of voting against right. who you want to lose. That's very important. I think if we had ranked choice voting, we'd get a libertarian president. I do. Um, not that I, I completely agree with a libertarian. Like, I, I, I want to stress, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think Ron Paul has the best ideas in the world. He's just a million times better than the establishment because mm. he was like, I'm not going to go to war. And I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. Leave me alone. Hey, he's the candidate for you, right? Uh, let's go to Super Chats and see what the audience has to say. If you haven't already, give that like button a good smash. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, subscribe to the channel. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member because you're not going to want to miss tonight's bonus members only segment where we talk about the things YouTube would ban us for, which is unfortunate. Now, I know a lot of people have said some of these segments are too important to be behind a paywall. You are completely right. I 100% agree. The issue right now is that the current version of the website doesn't actually have a function by which we can properly upload. Eh, We have new infrastructure coming, hopefully by Monday. So we should be able to actually make free, like, you know, in the proper SEO, sorted, uploaded, framed, all that stuff, and then make it free if it's really, really important, which I think this one's going to be. So anyway... All right, let's see what we got here. C. Hennessy says, Tim, been a fan since Vice found you again months ago, but recently I've been getting recommended videos that are definitely hit pieces on some drama from past colleagues. Maybe that's how YouTube attacks now. I have past colleagues making drama. I have no idea. You know, I'll be honest. I completely ignore it all. Like there's been a, there's apparently, um, I guess Ethan Klein was talking about me. Of course. I think it's hilarious because I, I, I literally don't care. You know, so we, we, we talk about the Young Turks right now. And I'm always like, oh, they might respond and say something to me. I'm not going to engage. I'm not saying this because I want any drama to exist. I have my opinions. They can have theirs about me. I'm not going to argue with them. I have no problem if, if I ever saw Cenk Uger be like, hey, how's it going, man? How's it been? Hey, it's the business. But he's the one who yelled at me. So, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not here for that. I just ignore it all. I ignore it all. I, I will say, though, um, something we tweeted out. We have a soft lock on a Charlie Charlie Kirk Vosh discussion debate, yeah. August third. So if you haven't, um, I want I, I say soft. We we've they've both agreed to it. They've both agreed to the date. They're both cool and excited for it. And I think it'll actually be a lot of fun. People are like it's going to be a shouting match, maybe a little bit because people get heated, but I don't think it's going to be as bad. I, I don't think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be really really interesting. Actually, are you are you moderating it? Like you're going to actively moderate? Probably, but there's another there's another guy I know who's a lefty that I might have as well. Because I don't want to put Vosh in a situation where he's got someone who's kind of libertarian and someone who's conservative just arguing like, to, you know, Steamrolling yeah, I, I disagree with Charlie on, on a bit. He's conservative. We had a fun conversation with him and Will Chamberlain where I'm like, here's my position. They're like, that's libertarian. We're conservatives. But Charlie and I will probably agree on more than we would with Vosh. So I got another guy who is a, a lefty who agrees more with Vosh than he would with either of us. So I'm hoping it would actually just be a big discussion. I can pull up sources and say, hey, that's not true. That's not true. But we'll figure it out. Four people might be too cluttered. And it, I might just keep quiet. I might just not actually engage and let them talk and then actually just Google what he says and then Google what, you know. I, I, would, I would get them to agree to a time because they're both uh, – I've debated Vosh. He likes to suck up all the time. And I've met Charlie Kirk and I've seen him speak. He loves speaking <laughs> in those 45-second I'm running for Senate clips. So – you got to, like, at least establish some kind of, like, you have two minutes, you have two minutes. That's my advice. Well, mute the mic. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and then Charlie <laughs> will lean over. Excuse me. Pass the gorilla. Me. If you have the gorilla, Excuse you can right, speak. Yeah. No, I don't know. We'll just. Those guys I, are I, chill, I, man. I love those dudes. But They're what, easy what, to talk to. We had a four-hour conversation with mm-hmm. Bosch. We had a great two-and-a-half-hour conversation with Charlie. It was awesome. What we got? What you got to watch out for, Ian, everybody does, Ian. and I will not accept, is when people do four or five points in one go. You make a point. You got to stop because we have to fact-check it. You can't just keep saying things, and it's really annoying when someone will start saying something. They'll be like, you know that 2 plus 2 equals 4, and that 3 plus 3 equals 6, and then 4 plus 4 equals... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. We got to go back to 2 plus 2, bro. You can't just gloss over and say all of these things and bring us to a different point of the conversation. But a lot of people go, you're interrupting me. You're interrupting Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can, can, can one of the debate topics be that Charlie Kirk is way taller than you imagine? And it's <laughs> weird. Huge. Yes. He's way taller than me. He's like 8 shocked. foot 50. That's yeah. true. Yeah. No, yeah. what is he, like 6'3 or 6'4? Yeah, when I met him, I shook his hand. I didn't know who I was meeting. I looked up. I'm like, oh, my God, you're Charlie <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> you looked up? Like, yeah, I, was up there. There. I mean, no, I, looked, I looked down because I'm 6'7". Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 6'7". Uh-huh, that's true. All right. Let's see what we got here. Kevin Burns says federal government should back off the states. Tenth Amendment needs to be respected. Absolutely. True that. All right. Dark Hood Order of Grey says, first time super chatting. Just wanted to say I'm glad to now be a part of the team as a TimCast membership. Thank you all so much for being members. Oh, yeah. We have, I think, um, around 21 employees or so. Yeah, the vibe is good. Yeah. It's getting crazy. It feels so real good all of it. You know what the weirdest thing is? We're at the point where stuff is happening I don't know about. Right. You know? I don't so know. So like, I walk to the house and I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, like, I should introduce myself. Something happened. I was, kind of wasn't for days, and I was like, I really should be more personable. Things are happening that I didn't know were happening. It's like, oh, man. It's all these people I don't know. Yeah, there's so many oh people God, now. Hi. Like, stuff happens. I like, it. I see an article pop up on the website, and I'm like, hello. I didn't know they were working on it. <laughs> wow. It's so exciting. it's going to be fantastic. Exciting. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, let's see what we got here. Just some minced garlic says, three of my coworkers and I quit when they tried to force critical race courses as part of training. Now work for a suppressor company. Best change ever. That sounds pretty awesome. That's cool. Let me just stress to all of you right now. I went to the diner and they have a sign on the door. We're struggling to staff. I walked inside. A whole section of the building was, 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 you can't sit here. Understaffed. So they only had one little dining area. They close at 5 p.m. If you work for a company and they're like, we're going to get woke. And you look your manager in the eye and say, I will quit on the spot. They'll say, please, please. Please don't. We can't hire anybody. Nobody wants to work. Oh. You have all the leverage right now as an employee. These companies are desperate. Dude, I saw a Wendy's and a big banner said open interviews anytime. Like I could walk in right now, walk, I like an interview. Please come here. There, there are signs on McDonald's and other fast food restaurants. Thousand dollar bonus. Now I know a lot of people are saying, I don't work for a fast food restaurant. Dude, nobody. Like people are struggling to hire. I'll tell you this. Why is it that we're hiring? It's a high profile show with a decent amount of resumes and people want to work and, and, and we do passion projects. So maybe you work at a company that's not the same as, you know, like a, a cracker factory or a paper mill or something. But I genuinely believe right now you will have a substantial amount of leverage if they try introducing, you know, racist trainings like they're doing with the, 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 the critical race applied principles. And you just say, I'll quit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and and then what happens when you file for unemployment? It's because my boss was racist. It's the biggest. It's the biggest labor crunch uh, in recent history. You gotta you gotta go for it. McDonald's giving away iPhones too. I know, I saw that. Wow, it's crazy. And some of those uh, high profile jobs because people have moved away and they're like, if I don't work from home, I'm not coming back. If you're just willing to go into the office, you can get a huge pay increase. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. OCD Wolfman says so. Last week you had been discussing storage of meat like chicken. You can typically store chicken vacuum sealed and frozen for up to two years. Wow. I watched a video where they were water glassing eggs. You know what that is? It's like a mixture of lime and water. And you take the egg right from the from the coop, right from the chicken's butt, mm. and you just you put it in. I'm probably getting this wrong. I'm not. But there's something there's something on the egg called the bloom, which is like it seals the egg. So you can put it right in that lime mixture and and leave it for like up to two years or something like that. So, uh, re- refrigerated or on? No, 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 just in the I, bucket. I got to ask, is this how they treat them in Europe? Because I know that they do not refrigerate eggs in Europe. You don't have to if you don't wash them. Yeah. So because yeah. in the U.S. they have to be washed. Right. They, they become por- they're porous and then well, the eggs go bad. Yeah. Yep. All right. Track media only says peaceful divorce requires both sides wanting peaceful and the left wants your stuff. Or do you think China and Russia are peaceful when they want something? But that also implies that there's going to be easily dividable state factions, which I don't think there will be, because blue cities don't agree with the rest of their red states. So what's more likely to happen is a fracture of confidence and a general dissolution. I don't think it's going to be like you might get the enclave. Like you play Fallout 3, right? No, I don't play GameStation. Wow, what? what? <laughs> Fallout. What? I don't know any video games. You, that's what you play it on, right? A game station? Fallout 3? No, I don't play games. PC? What? Computer? Xbox? PlayStation? You play the, Fallout the, 3. The last game I, oh, yeah. The last game I played was Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Good, good game, game, dude. Fantastic. Fallout 3, there is this very powerful faction called the Enclave. It's remnants of the government. So there might be a very... You, you might see, like... You know, federal capital police like guarding a building, and you're like, "Oh, look, those guys still are still around, huh?" But who knows? MIT says by 2040, we'll see how that plays out. Thundercat says the Timcast crew with actual Justice Warrior, awesome guys, help me convince my wife to buy a gorilla shirt. We also have the "Don't Snake Me, Bro" shirt, yeah. which is a, it's a skateboarding or you know, it's it's a skate park reference. Snaking someone is when you cut in front of them when it's their, like when they're when it's their turn to like hit a ramp or a rail or cut an obstacle. Line. Yeah, you're cutting in line. So it's the Gadsden snake with a beanie on a skateboard. It says, don't snake me, bro. Tim's beard. It's great. All the skateboarders were like, yeah, they were super excited to wear the Gadsden don't snake me, bro shirt. (laughs) James Alford says, I looked at the map. I don't like being with Colorado. If this happens, we need to separate into two uh, two north and south or east and west and give people that want freedom the time to move to the split they want. And the same with the commies. Mm -hmm. I've been telling you, man, you got to go somewhere else. Get away from the cities, move to the state you want to be in. People don't realize, like Oregon, for instance, these counties want to secede. They voted to secede. If the Pacific Northwest actually ever did break out, break out, you're a surf, and then you're trapped. So go somewhere with like-minded people. They, they might be the only people, and they still wouldn't be able to do it, that could leave without triggering a war. Because if, if you think about it, if like Louisiana were to secede, uh, that's the port of New Orleans. That's the end of the Mississippi River. No, you can't give that up to another country. No, like you're going to no, end up going into war over that. No coastal territory. No breadbasket yeah. state. Maybe a mountainous. No, no state. Like no, you can't. Give I mean, up you want a, a port, river. dude. Yeah, every port. The, the feds are not going to give up a port. I mean, the, yeah. the reason Andrew Jackson's president is because New Orleans was the strategically most important city when he won the Battle of New Orleans because everything had to go out through the Mississippi River. Texas is probably one of the best bets, but yeah. 
I'm worried a bunch of the California people are moving there, and we'll see what actually happens in Texas. But they have the Gulf. No, no, the California people make Texas more red. If the election were held with just native Texans, Beto O'Rourke would be the senator of uh, really? of Texas. Yeah. yeah, but are those people from, from California? Or is that like the conservatives from all over the country who are moving in? But largely, largely, except for Austin, which is a lefty like enclave, the people moving from California are the Republicans that are oh. moving it. They're keeping it red. Good, I hope so. Alex on Earth says secession is a surefire way to get a job cleaning CCP toilets. I agree. Yeah. That's why it worries me. All right. Makeshift Electric says, hey, Tim, recently heard you say in passing you wanted someone to make music for you. On a whim, I sent some of my stuff to the pitch's email. Didn't know where else to send. You played a big role in waking me up. So thank you all. Hey, appreciate it. Yes, we're looking for a composer. Quite literally, we need to hire someone who will sit in a room making different music all day. That's it. Probably a lot of a lot. I'm, I'm talking like. Easily, like, a lot of electronic production stuff and then instrumentation, whatever you can do. But if there was somebody who knew how to just do electronic, I'd be like, make the music because we can use it for everything we do. I would love for that person to also, if you could set up microphones all over the place, you know, you understand sound, booms, um, dampening, what equipment we need, what pieces, all that stuff, like the total package. Bring it. Definitely. Tyler Ritchie says, hey, Tim, what do you think of Elon shouting out Dogecoins? Is this market manipulation? This week he shouted out Daddy Doge to Mars after his trial. I do think it is, but crypto's not regulated. Was, isn't his kid mining Doge? Oh, Elon's is? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I, I, I think everybody plays this stupid game. and that's A lot of people will, uh, will super chat like, this is the crypto to buy. And I'm like, I know they're saying that because they want... I mean, is, you know, is word of mouth when you're famous market manipulation? I think, you know. Well, yes. When, when you have in a vested interest sense. in the production of a product and you own a ton of it and then you start tweeting out, hey, hey, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, you're sketchy in the legal territory, whether right. it's technically actually market manipulation. Well, it's not. It's literally, it's, yeah. it's, it's legally not. There's right. no laws. It is. I'm just saying it, we know why he's doing it. Like it is manipulating the market, but it's not legally right. manipulating the market. <laughs> However, that works. Brown Bear says, if we have a peaceful divorce, who gets custody, custody of the nukes? The region where the nukes are. The command stations for where they are. That's it. We need a technological solution here. I'm, I'm just, I'm falling flat right now. But it's, it's, not, know, it's not an easy solution or someone would have figured it out already. Brown Bear says, rock and stone to the bone. Hey. Dude, are you talking about uh, Deep Rock Galactic? It's a game for the PC. Blackstone. It's a great game, by the way. Oregon Trail? Good game. Oregon Trail, yeah. My daughter died of cholera. It was I sad. Died, yeah, I died of dysentery. Oh. Twimmy says, love your work, guys. Keep it up. Uh, S.O. Ian, I'm a fairly pessimistic Canadian who's sick of living in liberal land. been considering immigrating to the States, but I, I don't know. Jack, about the process. South Dakota seems mint. Any advice? Go where your heart is, man. I don't have any advice because I don't know how the process works either. Yeah. Um. Well... You get a job with an American corporation. I do know that Biden basically just lets everybody through the southern border. Yeah. You could definitely come visit, I think. Apparently that's the word for a while. Yeah. I don't know. Do we do we have do we have um policies related to the virus for incoming travelers still? Or I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think so, yeah. I think the borders are still restricted. Oh. Staunch Unionist says Tim, do you think the establishment wants to balkanize the US or do you think the Dems just want a civil war because they think they can win and take all the power? Personally, I can't stand the idea of a peaceful divorce. It's what Jack Posobiec was saying, Mm. that the Democrats have the solution, but they need a problem. They need some kind of catalyst so that they can then crack down and just become the CCP. He he was making a really, he made a really great point that when these, when these politicians went over to China 
and saw how they can snap their fingers and create a financial district and just create an amusement park and then boom, there's Disney World. They were like, how do we do that? Well, you got to be authoritarian. How do you do that? You got to get rid of the Constitution. How do you do that? You need a civil war. Politicians always have more solutions than there are problems, and those solutions yep. tend to create more problems. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of ideas they want to implement that they're waiting for something. Splinter, Remember, COVID is an opportunity to remake the country. Yeah. Splinter191 says, You asked what a ward room is. It refers to the officers of a ship. It's also where they eat their meals on fancy dishes and silverware. Navy nuke sub vet. Right on. Very cool. Oh, okay. Tarzan Jungle Kung Fu says that white stripe is actually for the Seven Nation That's Army. That's what I was oh. thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's Makes Jack sense. Black. Checks out. So this, this is fun. Uh, Spencer, Spencer Wrangle says, Tim, the white in the flag does not represent whites. The combination of blue, pl- pink, and white is representing the trans flag. Yes, but it's not the trans flag. So there's a white stripe on the LGBT flag. The pink and the blue, I understand, but the, the black and brown, is, there's, there's no like black and brown flag. You know what I mean? That's kind of weird, though. The black flag is the anarchist flag. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got their fist one, right? Is it what is what is what is what is black and orange? Is that just like uh, what what what's anarcho-centrist? What's Black Hammer's flag look like? I don't that know. organization, if you never have you ever no heard idea. of it, Mm-mm. it's Gazi Kodo's organization. Jeez. Oh, All right, let's see. Caliber Neutral says, I've looked on the old site, but will Ian's nude model calendar, where he makes graphene sexy again, be on the new site? Keep yeah, we work. actually shot some footage today, Andreas and I. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't nude. Finished up the year. Wasn't nude. Uh, no, the calendar will be on my website if I end up going nude. I was thinking about doing nude yoga. Maybe we put that on TimCast. Nude, nude hot yoga. I'm loving TimCast.com. This company is going. Thank yeah. you, Ian. BlackRock Beacon says, Biden is more like Nero trying to cross the Rubicon. Nero was a kid that was like inbred or something, right? Emperor Nero, and he went psychotic and like had all this hate and rage. And but he was an emperor, so at age twelve he would like have all these orgies. He had these huge boats built that he would. Uh... No, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh, that. What's the sex kid? The oh, the Roman sex emperor. Cal- I'm thinking of Caligula. Caligula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Nero was yeah. the one who played the fiddle while Rome burned. Right. They think that maybe he actually lit Rome on fire. Cool. They don't know. And like false flagged it. Relentless Hemi says, just subscribe to TimCast.com. Yes. You're legit relentless. Thank you so much. Welcome. All right. Ale Ald says, P.S. Love you guys. Huge fan. You made me turn Democrat to center of right, Tim. And also, I'm the only Republican libertarian in my whole family. Oh, no. Is that the radicalization that Biden's been talking about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess so. It's funny because, like, I could actually, you know, have a good conversation about um, left libertarian policies. The problem, the reason why I would rather have Ron Paul as like a, a more right libertarian is because he, under a right libertarian system, you're allowed to have your left libertarian system. And so I'm kind of like, you know, leave me alone and let me do my thing. And if me and my, you know, homies can have a farm where we like grow our own food and I'll share it and everything and do our little left lippy, libertarian hippie stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm cool. So, you know, that's yeah. what I'm all about. The problem is when they try to scale it up. The only way to scale up left libertarianism is to become authoritarian. There's there's literally no big scale yeah. left libertarianism. Or, or if you 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 become Christian, have you ever you have you oh, seen yeah. the studies of the communes that yeah. the Christian ones outlast way more yep. than the Marxist ones? <laughs> they, they ask for like a collective sacrifice, and there's a religious basis for it. 
Marxist communes are like the one that Bernie Sanders was in, where they're like, dude, you're not working. Get out. <laughs> they kicked him out for not working. <laughs> they kicked him out for being too lazy I to love be that in the story. commune. <laughs> That's my favorite story. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Travis Condict says, first ever Super Chat. I just want to invite everyone to come together and have a good time every Saturday for the Million Doge Disco Decentralized Dance Party. Oh, it's 100% about fun and love. Excellent. Bliss says, hey, Tim, two things. One, could you point me to where I could apply for a job on your site? 20-year-old mill worker, but I really don't fear repercussions from the left. Two, you ever try Pop Corners? What is what is that? Hmm, I don't know. know. Um, jobs at TimCast.com. And, man, I think probably by next year we might have like 50 to even 100 employees. Yeah, we already need like more space. Yeah. But we are growing really, really quickly. The new site's going to launch and then we're going to, it's, it's going to go real fast and then it's going to slow down a bit mm-hmm. because it's a, it's big investment. So that basically means like the people we're hiring, there's no guarantee it actually becomes sustainable, but some things are worth doing regardless of whether or not they have direct monetary returns. Like basically the vlog, for instance, we do definitely not profitable right now, but it could be more importantly, it's excellent marketing value for the company, right. and it's excellent culture building. Yeah. You, you, so there's real value to that. I'm, I'm sure you got, like, a legal team, but you need to look into where that employee cutoff is in this state. Oh, um, yeah, I know. Because, you know, it's like know. 51 employees yep. is usually what it is. So like. This is the thing people need to realize about why companies eventually take on that $20 million. Because Jenk probably hit a point where he, he crossed the threshold and then immediately got slammed by massive regulation. And then in order to become compliant didn't have the money to do it because you crossed that threshold and all of a sudden your business is now in a different you know territory it's going from 51 to 52 employees it's like going from 25 to 51 like that's how much more expensive when all those regulations kick in so. yep yeah there's a whole bunch of really crazy regulations that happen once you cross in most places i think it's 50 employees yeah. once you get to 50 all of a sudden everything lights up and then man that's the biggest bummer so i'm wondering if what makes more sense is to actually um somewhat compartmentalize and keep companies focused like if we're going to do something like we're we're, 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 uh, developing a video game that should probably be spun off into its own company because there's no point in cluttering up a system with something that's you know more peripheral to what everyone else is doing but you know yeah all right good luck on your uh, expansion also i would say we should utilize contractors i don't know what you feel ethically about that yeah of course we we do they're not considered employees though right right so you could have a million of them no, no, no. There's, li- I mean, there's limits, but the idea is, a contractor would be someone who submits an article, and then we're like, hey, it's cool, we'll we'll buy it off you. You know, you can't have permalancers where you contract someone and have them work every day, basically. Can you not? You cannot. No, YouTube. That's that's what we are on. on according to YouTube, we're freelancers. They, no, they say they're royalty payments. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Probably that's the reason. Joshua Vote says hello from NJ. Instead of balkanization, how would y'all feel about a mass cleansing of federal government? By that, I mean anyone who has been in for more than 15 years in politics are gone. Also, how do y'all feel about term limits for all politicians? I'm not – I don't know enough about term limits. We've, we've had really good arguments on the show about why they're good and why they're bad. I think and, they're great. And people say if somebody wants to vote for someone, let them vote for them. And it doesn't matter if they're a career politician or not. They're going to be supported by the machine all the same. So they'll just find more people. So I, I don't know. How, how about this theory that I heard today, actually? Should we pay politicians in the House and the Senate $10 million a year? Andrew Yang was talking about that. He said that if they're paid a ton of money, then they're going to be very loyal to that system that makes them rich and not to – but that, that, that still makes no sense, so the answer is no. Well, it's it's actually because they manage trillions of dollars of money, and they're making less money that they can make on any like 
reasonably high Wall Street job. So should we pay them enough to attract people who are talented from those fields to run for office? How would we create a bonus structure? Yeah, if they can uh, reduce the deficit, they'll get a percentage as their salary for the year. Otherwise, their salary the economy, is one dollar. If the economy improves, they get a percent. They, they get the the, the yeah. raise based on it. Mm. I like the idea no, no, of, I mean. of politicians getting paid what the middle class median is. Then their incentive is to make sure the middle middle class median is very very high. There you go. It'll work. But, but they don't. But we don't want Congress controlling what the median income is. Like we don't want them setting wages. Uh, Sean B says, Tim, it's not lime. It's a liquid silicate product, literally liquid glass, been used for many years as a concrete sealant. Oh, oh interesting. There you go. JM says you should try to get Patrick Moore on. He helped founded Greenpeace, and he's pretty cool. We have reached out to him in the past. I think COVID really jammed everything up, but we'll definitely reach out to him. He is really awesome. I'm a fan. He's very pro-nuclear energy and has been, and he. I looked into him after I worked at Greenpeace, and I was wondering why they weren't looking into nuclear and why they opposed it so much. And then I read about the history, and I was like, oh, look at that. Mm. All right, let's see. We had a YouTube did the f- the famous the super chat jump. Super jump. So, uh, all right. Frankie Sherratt says, Tim, how can our company sponsor you? There should be an email listed in the about section of this YouTube channel, I guess, because we have, we have a manager who does the ads for us. Um, should be there, I guess. All right, let's see where we're at. John Hemmelman says, I'm, a from, I'm from a small town in Minnesota. The people here are mostly too Minnesota nice to express or even hold strong political opinions. Not watching the news is considered a virtue. Mm. It's very frustrating. Also, Reagan's 1984 opponent was from Minnesota. Ah, so Mondale. that's why that's Mondale why won. won Minnesota. And I, I believe it was that. one point Reagan won, uh, lost by. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Crazy. And then what was the other 49 state landslide? That was um, Nixon 2, maybe? Was it Nixon 2? Yeah. Which yeah. is weird because that's the one where he broke into the thing. Oh, oh yeah. wow. <laughs> that thing. All right, let's see. We'll just uh, we'll get a couple more super chats here. I love you guys, by the way. Super chats. Mayor Mercules says, "I just sent you an email to info at timcast.com about the musical composer audio engineer job. Let me know if you would like samples of my work. Please send samples to jobs at timcast.com." And absolutely. So we we would really just I, I knew one guy who would literally sit around all day and just make electronic music of like different kind of genres, but just on his computer, and he had like thousands of them. I'm like, that's what we need. Because we need to be able to be like, hey, can you make a song like this? Like, we need it for the show. We need it for this show. We need it for that show. Uh, or we want to actually make the music and make release it as a song or something like that. Make some music. Plus, I got a million and one songs that need to be recorded and produced and released as well. So we want an in-house music producer. We also have a pretty sweet drum kit, but what we don't have is a drummer. Oh, so snap. hope you play the drums. Bring the noise. Yeah, you know, I, I think people can play well, the drums. Let's get you actually know. Tim's drummer. And I'm yeah, a, I play I'm drum. I've been playing drummer. drums since I was, I was like... Seven, yeah. You're I a want a medal. Yeah, I want a. I want a gold medal. Oh, Get a drum did, off. Did J.K. Simmons like yell at you while you were learning to play? No, no. But I, the best part was I got to leave class to go to oh, drumming practice. That's beautiful. So I'd be sitting to look at the clock when I was in like fourth grade, <laughs> and then it would like hit. It was like some obscure number, like ten ten a.m. So like everyone's in class, and all of a sudden I'm just like I get up and I walk over and I grab my snare drum and I just leave. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Bye. Yep. <clears throat> All right, what is this? Bells Nickel says, you guys need to canoe the Shenandoah steps at Harper's Ferry and go tubing on the Shenandoah some weekend. Andreas bought a bunch of these giant rubber duckies. Yeah. To go I'm float down, down the Shenandoah on the giant rubber ducky it's tubes. It's still hot. Yeah. Yeah. Could be good vlog content. Uh, I will say, though, as an aside, you mentioned the heat, Ian. Yeah. 
So uh, this morning when I was going to get eggs for my breakfast, I noticed something. Do tell. One of the eggs was fertilized. Oh, oh that chicken, the rooster been busy. That's yeah. Robbie Bobby. And now it's it, it's at 90 degrees, it's like 94 degrees outside for the next like couple weeks. You're just going to let him have some babies. He getting busy. Okay. He is. So yeah. what would you do? You crack it open and there was like a There's a something blood. called like a germination disc yeah. or something oh, like that. you can see. Oh, rooster it. getting it on. So I'm just going to leave I'm going to leave those eggs um How do you that, know are, which that are ones are because I we have two chickens that are laying, and I cracked them both oh, open, okay. and I saw the one that was fertilized. Does, does so we'll just let the babies happen. Does that make you an uncle or a grandfather? Like how does <laughs> how does that work in the um, chain of command? Godfather. When you when you own a creature and it has kids, what do you call? It? Just you know, Owner? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have dominion over them. Yeah, you do. Pick, <laughs> pick your title. Go with God King of North Korea. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. So uh, it's uh, ones. What's what, what's what's the black and white one? The Bard Rock. Is bard that Rock. Yeah, Plymouth yeah. Bard Rock. Plymouth Bard Rock and uh, Rhode Island Red are gonna have babies, and they're gonna look oh, funky. I'm so hilarious. happy for him. Living <laughs> <laughs> it, living the dream, yeah. man. That's right. Living the dream. And we're going to give them a big Chicken City where that's being built out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then we're going to – so a lot of people are like, where's Chicken City? We're trying to do the website. We are like focusing everything on getting this website done as fast as possible. And then we're going to have the Chicken City channel. I spent some time with Live. chickens today. Got a little vlog content. I don't know if it will be on the vlog, but chickens. I don't know if it will work out. All right, everybody. If you have not done so, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. The very important election bonus segment will be coming up. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. We're on TikTok at TimCast underscore IRL because we do not want to cede territory in the culture war. We want to be active on every platform where we can be, post clips, share them, and hopefully we can get people to come to our site and learn and, and pay attention to news. You can follow me personally at TimCast. And uh, is there anything you wanted to shout out, Sean? Oh, you know, follow me on YouTube, Actual Justice Warrior, on Twitter at IamSean90, spelled the traditional Irish way. And that's about it. Don't right. follow me anywhere else. There you go. <laughs> you can also hit me up at Ian, uh, Ian Crossland, uh, dot net and at Ian Crossland on social media. I want to shout out Eric Thinman's, uh, Freedom Phone. phone. You guys see this new phone? Yes, he was, we he did. was here. He was here. We and met he should, him. Yeah. He came with Alan Bakari one night and mm-hmm. showed us this new phone he's been working on. I mean, he was the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. That's right. And now he's, he's paying it forward and he's built this awesome new phone. I'm really excited to, uh, yeah. To, to find out more about that. I tweeted yeah. it out a little while ago. Awesome. I'm glad Ian brought that up because I had a conversation with Eric the other day. I'm very excited for where he's going with that little freedom phone thing. Uh, facing all this censorship seems like a great time to get into some freedom stuff. You guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids as I attempt to gain more followers and Sarah Patch Kids. Very important to me. Please do so. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.